Well, 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 welcome everybody. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavisions Magazine. Today is April the 11th, 2021. And uh, yeah, I'm your host, Graham Cookson. Join me this week. Life is your restaurant and he's your mate D. It's my co-host, Scotty Moe. And he can show you the world, shining, shivering, splendid. It's Martin Gulick. Yo, yeah, we are, we are back once again live on Twitch. So keep us company and fire off any questions you have in the chat and we'll get to them as we go through the show. And we've got a great show for you tonight. As always, we'll be answering some of your burning questions. We'll have some of our usual Sega gaming movie banter kind of chat. And we have our feature discussion where we talk about E3 and is E3 relevant still, basically? So strap in for the ride. There's this week's Megavision Show. Yo, so yes, um, we're live. Excellent, guys. <laughs> um, we're live. As, professional. Yeah, indeed. As, as always, uh, we'll be starting the show with our week, like what the week's happenings, as it were. So, Scotty, if you're ready, I'll let you kick it off. How are you doing, my friend? How's it going? Born. Uh, I am good. Um, my arms actually hurt because I've finally changed my workout routine um, per recommendation of the Nick Flair, who's previously been on. I uh, picked up uh, Fitness Boxing 2, Rhythm and something or other. Oh, nice. For nice the one. Switch. and Because uh, he recommended doing that one day, Ring Fit the next, because you definitely get stale, or Ring Fit kind of gets stale. Uh, we brought up the Fitness Boxing thing before when Graham and I looked at their unnecessarily attractive avatars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Motivation, uh, baby. It is, but it's also, like, I switched up mine immediately to just, like, the ho-hum basic white boy. Uh named hero and because i didn't like how the other character was like sassing me and stuff when i was not doing well i don't know it's hard to explain there's totally a carrot in that game but we mentioned that previously um no but my my arms are actually kind of sore because they do you have you do um boxing in rhythm with a song and stuff so it was real cool hearing a chiptunesy Katy perry cover <laughs> and um um boxing along with that i don't know if i was doing it right um but it it i felt it afterwards and then did ring fit today which is like just so different it like fitness boxing you set up your goal and you say like this is my weight this is my bmi all that stuff ring fit it's like this is an rpg disguised with fitness stuff in it so have fun mm-hmm. and let's scream at this villain and your motivation is coming to you from an uh, from an anthropomorphic ring mm-hmm. um <laughs> So interesting, but yeah, yeah. So awesome. Just got here, and boy, are my arms tired. I I need to get back into that because I haven't played Ring Fit for a long time, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I need to get. And maybe maybe I do need to get up something else like the boxing game or something because yeah, as you say, yeah. playing Ring Fit constantly, it does kind of get tiring, and I really enjoy it. But yeah, I, I feel like you do need something else to mix it up a little bit. So. 
Well, I think the thing. Oh, go ahead, Marcin. No, I was going to help. Self-disciplined out of all of us here. I mean, I was, and then I kind of fell off the wagon a couple months. So I I actually recently started going back. uh, I started jogging more because cardio was something that I've always needed. So I have a forest near where I live, and I just kind of go on a a little 20, 30-minute jog and then walk back. So it takes me around like an hour or so. But yeah, I'm developing, you know, a little a little muffin top. So I'd like to, you know, push it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day, but it's it's progress. It's work. That's good. <clears throat> yeah, I think the thing with Ring Fit is like, or with Fitness Box, and I already noticed how it's definitely more of an exercise program and better than Ring Fit in some areas because you set your goals. You have a you can either do like minimum 18 minute workout or um, I think 30 minute was the next one and whatever. Um, but it flies by and that also includes the, it's called like calm and stretching or whatever, which is like two and a half minutes of actual stretching. Um, but like comparatively to ring fit, I can really see how that is just so easily incorrectly used by people because I realized when I jump back into my, my profile that I haven't done consistently for a while, like I have all these things set up and it's really spread amongst like working your abs, working your core, working your legs. But like, if you choose random, it just goes with it to defeat the enemy, but you can't really like the story mode is not where you should focus your actual exercise program, basically, because you just set the easy stuff and go through to get your XP up, you know, uh, but it doesn't feel as productive as when you go into like freestyle or whatever mm. the other thing is. So it's a, it's a weird balance with that. Uh, yeah. I know I tried doing the, the random like free form kind of way and it, it was just like, I don't feel like I'm actually making progress, which doesn't make sense because I am, but it's like not leveling me up and I'm not seeing new levels and enemies and whatever. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So I, it's, a, it's a, it's an illogical OCD thing, I think. Yeah. I found well, myself actually internally, internally, uh, you, you are actually making changes as long as you're just being consistent with it. You will see change over yep. time. I, I found that with ring fit thing. that I just basically started doing all the mini games. Like I just, I love the mini games, but then there's only a finite amount of them. So that kind of, I wish, I just kind of wish there was like more that you could download or something. Because uh, yeah, the mini games are my favorite bit, basically. That. It's like the crazy taxi box thing of um, yeah. Ring Fit, basically, which I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Rachel's thing is she wants to do more running stuff, and and Ring Fit is not the thing for that unless you do like only running or something, which fitness boxing might actually help her more with cardio. I, I, w- I was sweating more after fitness boxing than I was with ring fit. I'll say that much, but yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, check that. out the demo, check out the demo fitness boxing, honestly, Graham, cause that's what pushed me over. And I double checked with Nick. Cause I was like, is this worth 50 bucks? Ooh. And to legitimize that purchase, I did the physical rather than I'm, I'm never going to, Aside from Doom Eternal, which we won't get into, I'm never going to pay like full price for a digital release. As yeah. long as my old man screaming at the cloud opinions live on. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. What else has been going on? What else have you been up to? Um, well, guys, it's a new month, and that means it's time for a new video game documentary. Wait. So <laughs> I launched another one. Um but uh, it's called Not a Game, and it's on Netflix, and it's what I watched kind of throughout my lunch breaks this week. Mm. Uh, I wholeheartedly recommend it, though. It is one of the better documentaries I've seen relating to video games because it talks more about gaming addiction, um, but also oh. how how severely um, video games have helped those with disabilities and other things going on in their life, and like, and honestly, like bullying. Um, 
and also like esports and its relevance with that. Um, it is it's a really good balance of how video games have helped everyone that interact with them in a balanced, uh, consistent way. Um, and, and it reminded me of like kind of why I played so many video games as kids. Cause I, I really, I, I say this all the time. Um, but my, um, my parents had no problem with me playing video games. I think because they knew of all the other crap I could be getting into rather than sitting in the basement and playing through resident evil for the ninth time, you know? Uh, but, uh, but no, yeah, uh, it's called not a game. Um, not the best title in my opinion. Cause I didn't even know it was a video game, uh, documentary until I like let the preview play. Um, but no, I genuinely recommend it. I, I, it might've been the stress of the work day since I was watching all my breaks and stuff, but I did no joke. I was tearing up at certain parts. Oh. Um, so it is a tearjerker. I will, I will give the heads up. It, it, it definitely tugs at the heartstrings. Um, but cause it also reminded me of how awesome, like extra life and, uh, child's play and the different organizations that work with gamers, uh, or work with people to help gamers in need and everything like that. So, which, uh, honestly watching it, it kind of made me think like, how did extra life and like child's play not have something to do with this documentary overall? Um, but it was really cool to see a lot of different, um, uh, the, the, the boy, the son from Breaking Bad makes an appearance in there, which oh. caught me off guard for a second. Mm. Um, uh, Sean, oh shoot, Sean Alexander. I'm so bad with names, but the creator of uh, of uh, um, Treachery and Beatdown City, the indie game, he makes an appearance in there as well. Um, so it's really cool. It's really, I guess, it's reassuring because there's been I've watched so many documentaries lately, and like that one that was just called Game Over was so bad but the production value was so high that it made me mad that more people were going to see that inaccurate glossed over thing. Um, whereas this one's out now and it's really good. I can't recommend it enough called not a game. Um, do you guys have any questions before I move on from it or anything? Or cause I've talked about so many documentaries this past <laughs> couple of years. Uh, I mean, I think, I think it's uh, I, I think that's an interesting, interesting, uh, I guess, you know, concept <clears throat> and and viewpoint because I, I don't think we we have too many documentaries that revolve around that in video games. So, um, yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, I definitely what one thing I, I do want to do more of is more documentaries because uh, I'm kind of getting tired of Marvel stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all I got. Man, I, um, so oh, I was just going to say guys. so. From your perspective, this was actually quite an accurate portrayal of video games and video games industry and stuff. Because I have seen some documentaries, like before Netflix and stuff, like that they were like on terrestrial TV, basically about video game addiction and stuff. And most of it was wildly inaccurate. It's just like you know, angry mums and dads sort of going, "Oh, yeah. my kid plays too many games," and it's just like none of this is everything you're talking about isn't really based in proper science like um so yeah i think those sort of documentaries got me kind of a bit angry as a kid like these were years yeah, ago. this not, was like 10 years ago pure, or something. <laughs> it's not puritanical parents getting pissed off at you playing right, yeah. games and telling they're you on their devil box again <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly I, I should preface this too uh Having uh, a degree in psychology, I, a couple of reports I did throughout school were about video game uh, uh, violence and the correlation between violence and video games with like school shootings and things like that. And how, unless the studies have severely changed, there's literally no proof out there that yeah. there is a correlation between them. 
um, despite our last president trying to blame them of all people. Um, it's just, it's really phenomenal how wildly inaccurate some of those accusations are. And they bring that up uh, in this without going into a whole chapter of Mortal Kombat and Night Trap or anything like yeah. that. But it, but it, it really puts a spot, a positive spin on all that stuff. So oh, that's it, good. it was, it was, I mean, it's also, it's also just something, that. something that, uh, it's a tired excuse that, that they bring out every couple of years when, when they don't want to actually change right. any policy. They mm-hmm. use uh, video games as a scapegoat, and you you see that all the time uh, when it comes to gun violence. So yeah, um, yeah, the, 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 like I, anytime I see that, I just laugh. There was a big yeah. thing a few years ago. I think it was like when GTA Five first came out. Um, the ba- basically this this kid it was in the UK. This is so this is quite rare. This happens to be honest. Um, this kid in the UK basically went and killed another kid, and they blame computer games on it. They blame video games. They're saying. That they were both were playing GTA Five online and stuff, and the one kid got angry at the other one and killed the other. It turned out the kid who did the murder had never played GTA Five, never played video games at all. But the kid who was murdered was playing GTA Five. But because the kid who was murdered that? had the game, they thought both kids had the game, and they were like having a rivalry. And it was just like this is it's all bullshit. I mean, it was like, oh my god. From a journalistic perspective, Jesus, do some more research then before you post I know, a story so, like that, you know? But like, it came out and everyone was like, oh my god, this is crazy. GTA 5 is like terrible for kids. And then like a few weeks later, it was like, yeah, by the way, the, there's only the kid who got murdered who actually played video games. So it's like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh man. Horrible. Hor- horrible yeah. story. Um. Oh shit. Sorry, I have technical difficulties on my end here. Apparently oh. I logged out of Twitch or something. Um, Anyway, yeah, no, it's it's pretty amazing, um, mm. all that stuff, surrounding all that stuff, and um, lost my train of thought entirely. Uh, oh, no, no, no. They it, One thing that was interesting to me is they, they went over in this documentary, they're like, because we're just, yeah, video games are another scapegoat and whatever, and oh, no, blah, 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 and they're like, they talked about, and I forgot about this, but it was hilarious how relevant it actually was to what they were discussing. They're like, but, you know, um, centuries ago, people were freaking out because women started reading books and they shouldn't do that. So it's, it's as ridiculous as that to an yeah, extent. Exactly. <laughs> um, Human but, nature. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's, it's crazy and it's really good. And it, it's like an hour and a half long. So it's a little bit longer than some documentaries out there. Maybe a little longer than that. Um, I, I don't know. Can't recommend it enough, though. Not. A I game. mean, I, I sat through four hours of Justice League, so I could do an hour and a half of, of this <laughs> documentary. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the the chat's popping off right now about all kinds of documentaries like mm. Last Blockbuster, Console Wars, Not for Resale, all good stuff. Um, off chat. Yeah, the um, Console Wars. Read the book over that documentary, though, because it was like forty minutes long on yeah. one of the longest books I've read. <laughs> so. Um, but uh, other than that, um, I guess I could mention a pickup, sort of. Uh, it, it was a little bit ago, but I grabbed the for Sega Saturn, uh, the Panzer Dragoon playable preview. Ooh. And the reason I grabbed that is I decided there, or I discovered there are only like seven demo discs in the North American Saturn library, and I own most of them. So I'm like, really? oh, I could maybe complete this. Um, and so what I'm holding up now is the Sega Saturn Choice Cuts. Um, oh if you remember forever ago, Graham, I mentioned this yeah. uh, when Danny was on. And it is just videos on here, because we wondered how, like, um, Blackfire, Bug, Cockwork Night, oh god, Clockwork Night, um, 
porn version. Oh, man. If you'd like to talk about this stream, uh, use the hashtag. Anyway. Uh, uh, but but no, because I have like those uh, that Sega Screams, Volume Whatever, uh, Bootleg Sampler, The Nights. Christmas Nights is one of the demos. Um, this one here, I guess, is a crazy sought-after thing, the Rayman demo. Oh, wow. um, I did not pay six bucks for it, but what's fun with this is it comes... Uh, it says on their $5 off coupon or whatever inside. That's kind of its certificate of authenticity because I do have that here. Um, I don't know if you guys wanted to kind of try to describe what that is at all, but it is a it, it looks like a certificate of authenticity slash coupon to use like towards the game basically by Ubisoft. Yeah. Um, I can see like but, a serial uh, number on there in red and the yeah. Ubisoft logo and stuff. Uh, so it's just interesting. But uh, the reason, part of the reason is like, Demo discs, in my opinion, are one of the best examples of a time capsule of a forgotten era. Hmm. Um, so, because and a lot of them have like how games were before they came out. So it's stuff that games did not have in them or whatever. Um, but uh, no, yeah, I grabbed that Panzer Dragoon one recently. We actually this is the second time I bought this because I gave it away once in a mini Saturn marathon I did uh, a couple years ago. Um, which I'll just plant that idea now. Thinking about doing a Saturn marathon this year because I got PTO I need to use, but we'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll just get the feelers out there. Um, and since I am crazy, forever ago I did buy the Japanese version of Christmas Nights, yes. but it's really cool because it actually has a manual and stuff too, uh, unlike the uh, American version. So, oh, so yeah. For some reason, I'm trying to complete the demo collection of North American Saturn. I, I'm surprised at that because I'm pretty sure. Okay, I was actually very late to getting the Saturn, um, but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. the UK Saturn magazine actually had quite a lot of demo discs in it. Because when I bought my Saturn, my friend gave me a load of demo discs. Basically. I bought it second hand off a friend, and he he just chucked me a load of demo discs with it. And I bought Sega Rally, and then he was just like, "Here you go, have, have some demo discs." Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I just imagined the American one had loads, but. Clearly not. It actually didn't. Um, the The way that I got my Saturn, it came with that that triple pack of Virtua Cop, Virtua Fighter, and Daytona USA, and then it also had that bootleg sampler um, disc. Because okay. um, yeah, I was wondering that too. I'm like, there's got to be tons of demo disc, but I was, I think, because I had in my head like PlayStation Underground, and then like Japan, there's hundreds, but the u.s there's only okay. like a couple official wow. things like this so what's really stupid is since i'm a completionist now with this stuff is i have to rebuy the cases for like demo discs that i already have because <laughs> as a dumb kid it's like oh this dumb cardboard sleeve pitch that in the garbage you know and yeah they were all in plastic jewel cases that were unmarked oh yeah uh, oh yeah and it's interesting you say they're kind of like demo discs are like a time capsule because they kind of are because there's sometimes you'll like, especially for Saturn and Dreamcast, there'll be unreleased games that have like video footage or sometimes even a playable demo on them, yeah. which were never released. And then it's like amazing when you go back and it's just like, oh my God, yeah, this. Like, I remember there being a Final Fight video on one of the Sega Saturn um, discs. This Final, no, it wasn't Final, not Final Fight, sorry. What's it called? Ah, oh, I've just forgotten what it's called, actually. In my head, it was Final well, Fight. Final Fight was Capcom's. Not, it was um, not Final Fight, it's. Brawler. Fighters Megamix? Uh, no, ah. Uh, it's, was it another Brawlers that you're... It was a bit like a Streets of Rage Brawler, but in 3D, and they had the sequ- Fighting Force. Oh, Fighting, Fighting Force. Force. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there so fi- Fighting Force was originally going to be a Sega Saturn exclusive, and they had the they had the video on the demo disc and everything. It was really awesome. And in the end, it was the only console it never came out on, because um, they had to fully get out with Sega and stuff, the developers behind right. it. Um, 
Yeah, because like, it was meant to be originally Streets of Rage. That was going to be original Streets of Rage 4, but then they had yeah, to change yeah. the name and stuff. Um, and then they f- eventually, like, kind of falling out with Sega and it never got published on the Saturn. But it went, they went to PlayStation and stuff and PC, and I think it went to N64, maybe. But definitely PlayStation and PC it went to. Yes, um, I think so. But yeah, I remember getting really excited. It's like, oh my God, this game looks amazing. Because it was kind of like Die Hard Arcade. And I was like, yeah, this looks great. Ah, And yeah, never got to play. <laughs> yeah, that's the cool thing about them. And, you know, we one year in the marathon pre-Mega Visions, uh, the Dreamcast marathon, we played through one of the demo discs that included like the uh, Toy Commander, mm. uh, Santa Christmas nice. thing. Um, and there's just videos on there that you see. And it's it's fun because they put like bad pop rock songs behind the videos and just such a fucking product of its time. Yeah. Um, so it's really fun in that regard, but yeah, just seeing like the, uh, I mean the, the, the dreamcast demo discs, uh, you know, websites have made entire features out of this, like demo derby and other things going back to old things that never came to be or, or whatever else happened to them. Uh, it's just cool and weird. And, and you do get stuff that like, like interviews and music videos and whatever on there that don't, see the light of day anywhere else because people were using them as a press kit at the same time you know <laughs> so yeah um it's awesome and uh tornado jones brings up in the chat that he's been want he's been picking up the nintendo power vhs tapes promotional tapes so he's right in the same boat with me we're both Good in the job, same. Corey. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Happy Dude mentioned something here I'll read real quick. Uh, I remember buying a VHS tape from Blockbuster called NBA Jam, which I thought was tips and tricks and gameplay footage of the video game. Turns out it was a highlight reel of the NBA season with the <laughs> All-Star game that year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Got wow. you good. No. So, wow. it's fun. Yeah, but I've always thought about doing stuff like that, but so many other people do it on the, online that I, I think if Megavisions did like demo stuff, it might be irrelevant. But maybe we could bring back like some of the Dreamcast uh, demo discs during the marathon or something. That might be fun. Hmm. So um, let us know, people watching yeah. and listening. If you'd like to see us play some demos, I like we've said, time capsule, ridiculous, fun stuff. And uh, I, that's me. Yeah, I still think for this, the Dreamcast Marathon, playing the Toy Commander Summer demo um, is one because no one ever talks about that one. Yeah, which one is that now? They, is that a just a race, I think? No, so that from from memory, I think it's in oh god, what's it's the it's the room which is kind of like uh, I guess a, a living room, sitting room, it's kinda of got a mezzanine floor to it. And they've basically got like sand and stuff on the floor, and it's like they've set up a beach, and I'm pretty sure you have to do like a mission on the beach, basically, like pick up some things or whatever. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Um I'd have to find I've definitely got it somewhere. It's probably at my parents' house though, knowing me. So uh, would it was that with the UK magazine then? Yeah, that was. I, I I don't know if it went to the American one, but it's definitely in the UK magazine. Um, I gotcha. Awesome. Yeah, I, me saying I'm down for that doesn't isn't any credibility because Pixel Heart just said they have the PAL version of Toy Commander. I'm like, I'm buying that, and <laughs> Graham, even on stream, you're like, it's the same thing as the US. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But- yeah, because I was like, have you never played Toy Commander? Like, yeah, of course I have. And I know you have because we played at the, the Dreamcast Marathon, so I know you played it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the colors, the, you know, the cover is blue, so at least, you know, it's different than that aspect. Yeah, I got to have at least one of those PAL Dreamcast games because I really like the cases over our boring-ass jewel cases. Just get the Jet Set Radio on. I think they might still have some. I'm probably going to do that too. Shut up, Marcin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No more temptations. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, so Marcin, what have you what have you been up to? Anything anything exciting and sexy happening in your world? 
not very very boring and mundane actually this week. Yeah. Uh, the only highlight was uh, playing croc with Scotty. Ooh, oh, <laughs> this past nice. week. Where was my yeah, invite? What? I don't know. I think you were <laughs> you were asleep. You were asleep. <laughs> It was like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. your time, probably. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, but that was fun. That was that was definitely a trip down memory lane because uh, I haven't played that since I was a kid. So that was fun. And also, folks, if you are watching for the first time, please subscribe to our channel. Uh, oh. I'll probably <laughs> beg you again at the end of the podcast. But, uh, you know, if you're here right now, why not just do it? Nice. Um, beyond that, uh, I, I uh, my dad's birthday was a couple weeks ago and me and my brother digitized our old uh home videos wow so oh oh, yeah it was super meta watching me as a kid i'm like this is like a different world like i (laughs) I don't even know who this person is um because i was eight obviously uh but yeah one thing you mentioned about like the uh the the magazines and the stuff i think it was like uh christmas 1998 uh one like one of our presents was like just a game magazine I think it was the PlayStation magazine and it had a demo disc in it. And I was like ecstatic. I was like <laughs> elated that I got a magazine. And he's, he's like in Polish, he's like, oh, look, here's a game in here. There's a game in there. And we were like, oh, there's a game. And we didn't know like it was a demo. Like I didn't know the concept of a demo at seven or eight or whatever I was. But I was like super stoked. And then there was like the sticker from some game it might have been ape escape and i like put it on my dad's forehead because like, i didn't know what else to do with it um but yeah i guess that was my week <laughs> i just wanted to include that in there awesome, like i'm holding up my dreamcast now that has the dumb quake 3 disc tray sticker on there that has never left it because i don't it was exactly that size yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. it was that size wow. but i think it was like ape escape or something i honestly don't remember it oh, looked it looked they- like a monkey on it were they? Did they get you a subscription with that magazine? Or oh was it just- hell no! He probably went to the store like Toys R Us <laughs> or something. Gift. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your mom was probably like, "Have you have you got Marcin and his brother like a, a birthday present?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." I, th- I think it was a toy too. It was like some Power Rangers, you know, those wrestling dolls uh, that. It, they also did it with like WCW and and all those where you like twist their arm and stuff and they like make noises and and, and things like that. Okay. Uh, it was one of those toys and. Uh, there was something else. Oh, I think there they get they bought us a coat, but like that the thing that we always laugh at is like he'd pick it up and then he just threw it immediately because we just wanted the games. Like we stared at they're like, you know, you're gonna need this for winter, and like, yeah, okay. And then we're just like still staring at like the strategy guide or the magazine. I can and totally like, see uh, a couple, a married couple, doing their weekly grocery shopping run, and they just happen to be in the magazine aisle, and <laughs> your mom's like, "Did you get?" The boys, anything? Or dad's like, oh shit, uh, we did now. Where's, where's, where's 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 I don't know. I honestly think it was Toys R Us, but yeah, yeah. But honestly, oh, like, if you're at Toys R Us, why the hell would you just go for the magazine? <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. You know, I don't know. Like, we we were ecstatic, but like, I think as kids, we were like, why is there? Why is there only so much of this game? I don't know. It was, but, it was yeah, weird. But, we're like, also dumb. Everybody- Ooh, there goes that picture. Oh, everything all right there? Yeah, like <laughs> a picture on the wall just fell off. I guess I'm, uh, I'm, I have a that was the ghost room. of Christmas past. How <laughs> dare you don't appreciate that magazine? Yeah, I think we have a ghost in here. <laughs> oh boy, we're haunted, folks. Now when a dog comes in, wonderful. And now okay. we hear a creaky door. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all gone. Um, it's gone carnage. Wow. I want to shout out the chat real quick. Thank you, Tornado Jones, for uh, gifting some subs to people. 
Uh, that is very cool, and you are very cool. And um, I will say, like, oh, he doesn't have his earphones on. He walked away to probably go uh, take care of the ghost. But um, that's the thing, though, is, no, every every 90s kid remembers, like, the Domino's Pizza uh, demo disc and the... Um, just anything, whatever you got with certain systems. Well, okay. Any American Graham's looking very confused. So no, any no, American child remembers the Domino's <laughs> demo disc uh, b- that had like Parappa the Rapper, Metal Gear Solid, probably Jet Moto on there. But I was just giving emphasis to how excited kids were for just having demo discs with Wait, certain things. What? So did you order like a Domino's pizza and the p- you got a pizza and like a demo disc or something? Was it like the Pizza Hut? I don't know Pizza Hut giving away stuff for free for kids. Maybe it was Pizza Hut. Uh, chat can correct me because I'm afraid to open my browser. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I thought you were talking about Mr. Domino. That was like a random game on PlayStation. <laughs> no, the, it, it, might, it must have been Pizza Hut. They gave out a demo disc for PS1 that had Parappa, Metal Gear. That's I remember insane. playing the crap out of the Metal Gear demo in there. Oh my God. So, um, okay, so just to be clear, in the UK, we got stuff sometimes we're like kids kids got stuff with pizzas if they ordered a special thing but it was never like a video game demo or anything it was like yeah, a crappy plastic toy that yeah right, like from right. like a disney movie that's just come out or something you know it's just like a little quick license we thing. also we, we also put aol minutes in cereal boxes too and things right like that. yeah <laughs> dude he's not kidding <laughs> yeah i'm serious like you get twelve hundred free, what is it, minutes of AOL or you something? You got like mail. That? Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, we're doing amazing. on your cinnamon toast crunch. You got freaking AOL. <laughs> no, the, oh, the, wow. the cereal box. You didn't open it up and hear it say you've got mail. <laughs> no, there just... was in there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty high tech and expensive cereal. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. that's amazing. What a what a world! Like free, like, free internet. I remember seeing pictures of people making wall art, like an entire fish made out of AOL discs on their wall and stuff. (laughs) It was something that you would get in the mail every week. Yeah, yeah, Tornado says in the chat, we never paid for AOL growing up. We just grabbed stacks of the free discs from Walmart. Yeah, because yeah, we... I remember we had tons of AOL like discs and stuff over here and other free services like gave you free minutes and stuff. We never got them with like cereal or anything. It's just stuff in the mail or shops on like the... The cat, where the cash register is, you sort of they have those boxes where you just take a free sample. Like, all right, yeah. I just posted a picture of one of the Pizza Hut demo discs. If you want to click on that, Graham, oh, dear, uh, dear. and check that out, so you can get a little taste of Americana. Um, Shall I share it with the share it with the group if I can? If you want, I threw it in the Twitch chat. Whatever you want to do there, but um, that was one of the things there. Uh, yeah, everybody had that demo disc. You'd win something. Oh, it had Tony Hawk. This might have been an, uh, a later one, because I do... Unless I'm thinking of the demo disc I got with my PS1, where I played the shit out of Hot Shots and Parappa and uh, Jet Moto. Um, Hot Shots. And yeah. Cool Borders. Yep, Cool Borders was definitely on there. Um, so, sorry, Sailor Corellia. <laughs> now they want Pizza Hut. <laughs> um, so shit, I'm hungry just, now. Yeah. Okay, I'm demo actually going to quickly try and share this with with the world it might the camera's oh, yeah, a little bit for off for some reason but uh i forgot that we have yeah. technology on yeah our we have technology right. yeah the camera's a little bit off for the image but there you go that's that's what it looks like basically wow that's yeah so got crap for the for the audio listeners uh it's a disc with crash team racing on it ape escape Oof. uh final fantasy is that seven or eight looks like eight that's eight, eight. wow tony hawks cool borders four wow mm-hmm. and the pizza hut logo in the top corner that is snazzy yeah, Why does this be disc cool one? Stuff. How many discs do they have? I guess Ooh. it was like Happy Meal. There were three. 
And um, you, you got to keep, keep going back. Now this is bad. And you could win five hundred thousand dollars or other PlayStation prizes. Look inside to. I can't read the rest of that. Sorry, it's too small on my screen. Look inside to see. Uh, oh, to see if you've won. Yes. Okay. There we go. Wow. Oh shit! I found the. I found the commercial. Okay. Oh, God damn. Do, we, do you do want we... to do a real time viewing of this? We we could do we could do a real time viewing if you like. Um, oh, this will totally be fine and not get us flagged for anything. So uh, let me throw that <laughs> into your chat, and um, everyone, this is uh, something we can watch and enjoy together. Uh, I'm sorry, the audio is going to have this. Let me know when you hit play. We'll all hit play together. Give us like a three, two, one. Oh wait, where? All right, which chat have you put it's in? in the, it's in the it's in the uh, Discord. Sorry. Um, I do not see so, it on my Discord. That's weird. In the wrong channel entirely. Um, bear with me a second while I delete that message. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it in the correct one now. There you go. Someone else. They're oh, like, what God. the heck? Okay. Whatever. People are going to see it one way or another. Um, so let me know when you hit play and people in the chat, everyone, please enjoy. Make sure oh, those haircuts. Yes. Hell yeah. Just, just need to line it up in the correct window that I'm sharing. Oh, I'm, basically. Ready. I'm ready for some deep dish action. Yeah, Everyone you know looks like saying. a Backstreet Boy. Okay, one second. Uh, Voice for now. Here we go. Let me know when, and we'll do a three, two, one play. Okay, this is okay. Right, this is gonna be fun because it's a slightly out of proportion. But okay, three, two, one, play. Annoying. They're not gonna have, not gonna have audio with my one actually. The slices were so big New York. They were with oh my god, is that that's not his actual accent? <laughs> no. You've never left Wisconsin. But the cheese and, and the folding and no. The big New York pizza from Pizza Hut. This is what pizza is supposed to be. 16 inches of big foldable New York pizza for a very Maybe. New York price. You need help. Pizza what? Hut, the best pizzas under one roof. <laughs> that was all a lie. The demo disc wasn't mentioning that at all. <laughs> just wow. watched the okay. pizza commercial. Yeah, we just. And I don't think they've actually got audio. I don't think the uh, the stream can actually hear the audio from my YouTube videos here. At the way, oh, is, cool. This is great. So this is even better. There we go. <laughs> all right. Never mind. There's no. We just made people more hungry. Fucking internet lied to us like a bunch of fucking. That's okay. Oh, they can they imagine have... it. Oh, they've seen the picture. I didn't even. Sorry, I actually forgot to press the button to transition so they could even see the video. So that's my fault. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Jesus Christ! Let's try it. Let's, let's just do it again. Let's do it again. I'll it do it again. Pizza, it was just pizza. All it's right, okay. whatever. It'll be disappointing again for everyone. Here we go. <laughs> sorry, this is bringing me back to my uh, days in New York. Broadway, the garden, that New York straight corner pizza. The I'll slices be right back. were so big you have to fold them, Steve. and they were dripping with cheese and Steve. the sauce Steve. and the thing. Steve, you're only 15. You've never left Wisconsin. But the cheese and, and the hey, everyone sounds like that when they're making a pizza. Hey, the big New Yorker pizza from Pizza Hut. This is what pizza is supposed to be 16 inches of big foldable New York pizza for a very un New York price. And I guess everyone from Wisconsin sits in the back of a bale of hay, too. Wow, yeah, Which okay, is so that's true. That was just a pizza ad, but everybody, I'm from but, the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I love it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, found something else. I oh, forgot oh, that. No. Uh, <laughs> no, Rachel found these at her house in her in her mom's basement. These Ooh. old Spyro and Crash demo discs as well. So we've got Ooh. a lot of shit we don't need here, everybody. <laughs> That's well probably um, nice. Anyway, let's talk about anything else. Okay. Yeah. So, Marcy, is there anything else that's been happening or? 
no, I think that's it. Uh, okay. I think we got a lot covered there. Nice. That was good. Okay, cool, cool. Um, we got yeah, a piece of commercial out of it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> Damn, I just those listening, we'll put that in the links, or we'll put that in the info of the podcast so you sure. can watch it as well. Um, yeah, and I do one very quick thing on the Croc. I need to tune into you guys' stream at some point because yeah. I own Croc, and I've played the first two levels about 20 times, but I've never finished the game. Um, like just because I've sort of, I don't know, kind of get bored of it or I don't know, want to go and do something else. But every few years I'm like, I want to play Croc and I'll play those first few levels again. And then, yeah. <laughs> so I need to, you, you like the idea of Croc, maybe not yeah, the actual game. Yeah. I, I feel, cause I think I was ruined by Mario 64, which I think I had before I got Croc, which uh, is my favorite oh, yeah. platformer. But, um, I, there's a clip of uh, me dealing with the game being stupid as hell as well. We got a, decent one out of that okay um, i'm trying to pull it up but the internet's just not cooperating with me today so right. i apologize okay well um i'll move on to my stuff so uh i try and be brief but yeah my week basically played a bit more uh balan wonderworld or dot fallen as chris says yeah i this game is growing on me quite a lot. I I'm starting to appreciate it more and more. I think the more you play it, the more you can sort of see what Yuji Naka and Co were sort of aiming for. In that, it's one of those games that you meant to go you, like at the start. You forget very little, and like the game is very basic. But the more costumes and stuff you get, the more you can like, sort of explore the world. Basically, so you go back to levels and you get to explore them more and more. Um, and there's a bit more strategy involved than what you might think, basically, because you have to make sure you've actually got a certain number of uh, costumes backs up that you can go back. And if you lose them, you can keep going and stuff. And yeah, the more you unlock new costumes with new abilities, you, you just unlocks the world so much more. So yeah, I feel, I feel like if you only play like the first few levels, it's quite disappointing, but the more you play it, the more you might actually enjoy it. Um, that said though, it's a bit bad that a game doesn't, isn't enjoyable from the beginning for a lot of people. So you know, gotcha. um, I can completely understand why people don't enjoy it, but yeah, I'm I'm really digging it. So yeah, I'm going to keep playing that for my uh, Friday streams. I think at the moment, a um, nice. couple of other things. Uh, still keeping up with Falcon Winter uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, not going to be going into too much detail, but finally, I feel like the story is picking up. Even though we've only got like two more episodes left. <laughs> um, yeah, that's <laughs> And um, it's got to a point where I kind of I knew this was going to happen from like the very first episode, pretty much, and something happened in it. I was like, "Well, about bloody time!" Um, now, now let's let's make the last couple of episodes really good, basically. Uh, so that's what I hope is going to happen. So yeah, no spoilers or anything. Just uh, stuff stuff's warming up. So if you've been following it but haven't given the last couple of episodes a try, just maybe jump back in and see if you like it. I didn't even watch the last one. I forgot that I was watching that show. <laughs> So maybe I should, uh, do you think I should give that one a shot then? I, f I feel like, yeah, I feel like uh, stuff is, yeah, build, definitely getting to build up that like stuff, stuff's happened that was actually quite exciting. I found basically, and this episode okay. on the whole was generally more exciting, especially the last half of it. Um, okay. So yeah, um, a bit more character development as well. So yeah. And, um, oh, and one other thing very briefly, I watched a show that's on, it's an Amazon exclusive in the UK. I assume it's Amazon exclusive in America as well. Um, it's called Palm Spring starring, uh, Andy Sandberg and I've forgotten her name. Oh, Christine. Oh, that's the Groundhog Day thing, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's a yeah. kind of it's a comedy movie. It's kind of like Groundhog Day, where basically there's this this guy and also this girl 
who basically are reliving the same day over and over again, which is a wedding. And there's, they're, they're kind of trying to understand why and stuff. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and weirdly, Kate really enjoyed it. And she hates Groundhog Day for some reason. Don't, don't get me started on this. We've had too many conversations about it privately, but I'm like, I, I don't trigger you. Like, I'm just right. like, ah, because it's like, oh, it's like, right. okay, every year I want to watch Groundhog Day. And she's like, no, I don't like it. Like, but why yeah, not? She can explain it to me at the wedding. But the, the weird thing is that she she doesn't like Groundhog Day because it repeats. And so when I showed her this trailer, I was like, I don't think you're gonna like this movie, but I'm gonna show you the trailer just in just in case because if you don't want to watch it, I'm happy to watch this on my own. And she saw it and was like, yeah, I'm up for that. I'm like, okay, but it's like Groundhog Day. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, but you don't like Groundhog Day. She's like, I know. I'm like, but <laughs> the, oh, the logic if you're, about, if you're about to tell me she likes Andy Samberg more than Bill Murray, we're just, we're done. Well, I, I asked her. So, 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 so she's like, I like Andy Samberg and, and the girl because she likes How I Met Your Mother because she's in How I Met Your Mother. Um, I was like, so you don't like Bill Murray? And she's like, no, I love Bill Murray. I'm like, why don't you like Groundhog Day? I'm like, why don't you like Groundhog Day? Like, what's going on? And she's like, I'll keep you on your toes. I'm like, ah! <laughs> There's a pretty good horror movie, too, that has the same concept of Groundhog Day, where she just gets murdered every, oh, every time. Oh, yeah. Is that Happy Death Day or something? Or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the first one was good. I didn't see the second one, so I, I can't I can't comment on oh. that. But. Oh, I, I thought we were talking about um, the one with uh, the lady from Orange is the New Black. I forget the name of that one. Is that a different movie? I don't know. Yes, it's not Death Day. It's not Happy Death Day. Um, oh, wow. It's it's something else, and I can't remember it all. I, I could uh, be wrong with that name, by the way, because I just, I know that's a movie, but I don't know if that's the one I'm thinking of. Like, was, I'm, I'm talking about the movie. short red-haired lady. Happy Death Day. Well, that Happy Death Day is a horror film. That's a that's a legit horror yeah. film. Is that not the one where um, they go they repeat? Yeah, college student must relive the day of her murder in her reggae. This yeah. is not a new idea. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, but anyway. Anyway, Palm, Palm Springs. Beyonce's wrong. We so, understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be researching horror movies right I, now. I, th- I think if, if people like Groundhog Day and that sort of concept, check out Palm Springs. I enjoyed it a lot. I yeah. think it's very funny and it has a bit of a different take on it than Groundhog Day and stuff. But yeah. Cool. Um, and I've got a couple of pickups which aren't exactly gaming related, but they're kind of technology. Oh, it's unorthodox! Stuff. How dare you? No, I know it's a bit, a bit controversial. So I've, I'm pretty sure I've, this, I brought this up a, few, a while back. I'm pretty sure the hard drive one of the one of the hard drives in my PC is slowly dying, uh, which is the one that came with the PC. I've got an SSD, which is why I got my operating system on to like boot it up quicker. But most of my data is on like a bigger hard drive, and that is slowly making more noise and stuff. So I picked up a um it's still sort of in its wrapping stuff the six terabyte western digital black hard drive it's like a trophy yeah wow. it's got aluminum that's just a plastic thing on top there you go but that's yeah. just his hat yeah thank yeah. you um, I, i'd like to thank uh, my yeah, friends and family award. Award. <laughs> um so i've got that and i need to set it up still but uh, sorry one second to help set it up i've actually bought this um hard disk drive docking station thing to put that your... looks like a toaster it, it basically like lot, does yeah and i thought this was going to be massive it's really tiny like it's a really small little do you know if it's going to fit in there it's oh, like we're actually so, meeting okay. hard drives well <laughs> so it's it sake, says it would <laughs> so for clarity's sake anyone that's ever like 
maybe built a PC or something, uh, a hard drive isn't just, unless you get an external hard drive where it's just USB input and whatever, hard drives have like two or three connectors that you put into your computer itself, right? Yeah. So that's what it's that. So it does look like a toaster in that respect. And it will even more so when you have two hard drives sticking in it. <laughs> yeah. Don't put your pop tart in there by accident. <laughs> yeah. God, that reminds me of the MST 3K movie fitting that I'm wearing the MST shirt where they they're like for no reason at all, like inserting these um, these metallic planks into this other thing. And they literally say inserting the breakfast toaster or the, the toaster pastry or something for science. That's what that's going to look like. <laughs> Oh man! Um, sorry, just talking about yeah. Uh, that's the base to switch out internal hard drives. Uh, yeah, kind of. So you can pl- I can connect this to my computer, and it can read the hard drives off here. But I can also clone hard drives from this as well. Um, because one thing I found out about Western Digital hard drives is because um, I had to do a bit of investigation, they're not a lot of them aren't pre-formatted or something. So I have to connect them up and format them before I can actually use them. Um, yeah. And I've actually got a little USB device thing, which I use for my SSDs to copy, like to clone my SSD drives, which I've done before in the past, like th- four times now on different, different, different computers. But that did not work with this. So I've got this because apparently this will work, basically. Um, nice. Yeah, no, I know exactly. I thought I had one sitting on my desk. I was going to literally hold it up, but I know I just bought one of those too. Cool. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, that's exciting. And this one can clone without connecting to the computer as well. You just plug it in, basically. There's a clone button. So, oh. that'd be fun to try. But um, that this means at least I can keep my other uh, my other internal hard drive, but keep it in this thing, basically, if I, if I want it for an extra two giga, two terabytes of data or whatever. Um, but, yeah, because yeah, I've just recently discovered my desktop PC can only have two hard drives in it, basically. Um, it doesn't have enough cables, basically. Uh, oh really? That's yeah, interesting. Which uh, I didn't realize when I bought it, but oh well. Yeah. There we go. Um, cool. So yeah, that is my week, basically. I guess. Um, so yeah, hopefully that was short and sweet. Um, yeah. So with that, um, should we have we got any questions of the mail sack or anything this week? Um, we do, but I've been down in this Pepsi Mango pretty quick, so I gotta take you care of that gonna take a leak okay right if you guys okay. want to keep going you can i just gotta run away well i think let's just take a break then we'll, and we'll come break. back yeah that sounds good okay so yeah we will come back with um the mail sacks and sort of questions and feedback from you guys but then after that we have our featured discussion which is all about e3 basically and um yeah so if you've got any feedback or questions about e3 and we talk about like what does e3 matter basically talk about the 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 e3 2021 which is going to be all digital and stuff so pop any questions you've got for that and we'll pick them up and we'll we'll be right back in a couple of minutes so uh yeah see you in a sec cool hey welcome back thanks for waiting everybody um fun little well semi-fun thing just happened in during that little break so uh, an old teacher, well, he's quite a young teacher at my school, where back when I was at school, he is now a local MP and he just knocked on our door canvassing, basically. It's like, I recognize you. And he had his a thing. And it's like, Mr. Chapelar, well, his name was Mr. Chapelar at school, but Ben Chapelar. And I was like, ah, yes. Hi. <laughs> kind of thing. So shout out to Mr. Chapelar there for um, becoming a local MP. For those MP. ignorant folks, what is an MP? Oh, Military. oh, but a, a politician. Sorry, a politician. Oh, 
Um, uh, mem- member of Parliament, it stands for, sir. Member of Parliament. So he's a local what's politician. What's he's running for? What's um, his uh, magic power? I don't know. He's. Uh, I think they're having local elections. I, I th- our, the way our election system is very different to you guys, um, as I found out when I oh, yeah. about your elections, which I thought ours was a bit weird, but you, you guys, I think yeah, were even weird. You had no choice this past year, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, he's like running for local politician, and yeah, good for him. Yeah, there we go. There's always weird, I like we see a teacher not being a teacher, like outside of school. Up over tea. I was gonna say, yeah. Do you uh, plug the podcast to him? Is that way you should give him a shout out? Is he yeah. listening now? <laughs> uh, Tell going me. One side, from one side of politics to the other. Pimp out <laughs> mega visions in Parliament. Mm. Damn it! Should have thrown some stickers at him. Although I don't actually have stickers. Could have done something. I don't know. Give him a t-shirt. But yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so with that, we're actually going to go into our feature topic this week. And yeah. So without any further ado, let's do that. Uh, oh wait, no. The transition's not working. Looking professional there. I like it. There we go. So, <laughs> so yes, as we mentioned before, we went on break. Uh, yeah, oh, we have our feature discussion this week all about E3. And we're talking about, like, does E3 matter, really? So, um, okay, so this basically comes off all the recent announcements around E3 2021. Um, so, yeah, if you don't, if you don't know, uh, E3 was cancelled 2020 last year uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which is fair enough. Um, so, yeah, because they couldn't really hold it in a big, in, in LA, in like a big event hall or anything. And I think it's too late for them to actually set up a digital environment, really, because it was kind of a last minute cancellation. Um, so, yeah, but so, yeah, they decided this year they're just going to, go dig- entirely digital basically and it's running from june 12th to june 15th um and they've confirmed that it's going to be live press conferences um and it's going to be a four day long video stream and digital attendees can also keep track of everything through the e3 app and um despite initial rumors um that that said it was going to be behind a paywall e the e3 team esa has announced it will be available to everyone for free. So the the rumours about the paywall thing completely false. That's not happening basically. Um, and a handful of publishers have confirmed that they are attending. Um, a couple of the big ones are uh, Microsoft and Nintendo. Um, uh, they've also got Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take Two, Warner Brothers, um, Cop. I always get this wrong. Kosh or Cock Media? I think it's Coke Media. Coke Media. Oh, God damn it. See, I've got it wrong with my two attempts anyway. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, they're they're definitely confirmed. Um, There's some absences from the uh from esa's list of commitments um so far though which are sony who basically pretty much confirmed they're definitely not attending um ea activision uh sega bandai namco and square enix they are all not on the list um at least right now i assume they're not going to be actually on added to the list by this point uh but we, we don't know but sony have basically confirmed they're not they're not doing it um sony opted out uh in previous years so they they weren't even going to go to the 2021 and they weren't they they didn't go to the 2019 event um and because they they did their own thing called state of play um and ps5 events basically which was similar to nintendo's nintendo direct presentations um so yeah that's so that's what basically what sony looks like sony's gonna be doing this year again as well um so yeah i guess do you guys want to kick this off like with um 
like some of the, 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 the discussion topics and stuff around this? Or should we go into potential games we might be looking at this year? What do you think? Um, I think that its existence is more important than what games are going to be at it right now. Fair enough. Scotty, there is actually a um, weird sound on your end at the moment when you talk. Yeah, that's because somebody's using the shower in the bathroom next to me. Ah, okay, right. <laughs> so is it horribly distracting? I can try to muffle it's the wall. It's gone down a little bit, but it seems to be... Probably because to- RTX has kicked in, and so long as I start talking, it'll be less, okay. less in there, maybe. Because yeah, we can manage. When you weren't talking, couldn't hear it. As soon as you started talking, we could hear it. But it's gone That's down. That's because I muted my mic. Oh, okay. Right, fair enough. Uh, it's gone down quite so, a bit, so hopefully we'll be fine. Hopefully we'll be okay. So apologies to your dear listeners. You can hear someone in the shower, so that's that sounds good. Um, Great, yeah. We didn't need what... to clarify that, but that's fine. There is a background noise; could have been all you said, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just told the world anyway. Oh dear. Anyway, cool. Right? Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, so what what's worth thinking? mentioning first is how in hot water the ESA probably is still for leaking so much of attendee journalists attendees information that. Um, did we say if it was last year or it was after 2019, I believe? <clears throat> it was 29. It was 2019. Okay. So, yeah. So, that was a big thing. And mm. half of the reason that people were going to say, like, E3's dead. Who cares? Why? How can you mess up this much? Um, you can Google and fill yourself in on that. So, uh, But the ESA basically leaked a lot of personal information out of all the journalists that were attending. Yeah. And then that coupled with all the digital uh, things that other companies are doing, like Nintendo's Direct, PlayStation, um, different companies just doing their own presentations. Why is E3 exist? Um, 2020 didn't have one. Uh, it did feel a little bit weird, especially because we had so many things going on outside of E3 existing, like Jeff Keighley's uh, Summer Fest game, Tony Hawk Pro Bowl. I don't know what the hell it was called. Uh, <laughs> and, it's um, concert. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, so it's interesting that they confirmed the digital... Or it's interesting just how this was approached. Um, Happy Dude uh, did report on this on megavisionsmag.com and mentioned how it might have been a publicity stunt to first get out there and say that people are going to have to pay to attend digitally. Um, And then before that was officially announced anywhere, E3 uh, or the ESA or whoever's in charge of the circus went out there and said, oh, no, you're not going to have to pay. It's free. You can experience this for four days. Um, I'm still not entirely sure how this is going to work. Like if you just literally, like if it's like how many, that's not 48 hours, however many, like four, is it like four straight days of 24 hour streaming? I'm not sure. Or I would assume it's just presentation after presentation. Um, but what's interesting to note along with it is that Nintendo is returning to E3. Um, Nintendo has not had a presentation type presence at E3 for a while, and that's treated them just fine. And they have more routinely um, streamed directs that uh, is usually trending on Twitter whenever it happens um, or ahead of time because everybody's like, who's going to be the next Fire Emblem or Sword character in Smash, among other things. Um, you know, when Bayonetta 3 happens, whatever. But that's interesting. And I believe they've still had a floor space previously, Nintendo. Um, fact, just, fact, eh, fact check us left and right if you feel chat. Um, or anyone else listening to this, I apologize. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's good that they're acknowledging we got to do this digital. We're not even going to try to say this physical event is happening. So that's at least smarter on their part. Um, because who knows what's going to be happening in just two or three months. We said July, right? 
Um, and I guess let me just double check my notes here. Dip, so it's tap, June. Tap, tap. It's, it's June is happening in June twelfth to June. June. Okay. So yeah, in two months, the world's not going to be totally one hundred percent safe for people to be going to conventions based on how these vaccination uh, phases have been going. Um, and I guess it feels good that it's happening again because despite the fact that it's not physical, I do feel like this is like a checkpoint in and it's an annual checkpoint for the video game industry, if anything, anymore. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Uh, I think uh, after that fiasco in 2019, when that spreadsheet was leaked with all the information from journalists, um, which kind of sucks because I attended 2018 and 2017. So I don't know if this was like a spreadsheet with like, you know, a journalist from the past years as well, or if it was that specific one, if it was just 2019, I dodged a bullet. If not, well, <laughs> um, I don't think I've experienced fraud yet, so I think I'm fine. But uh, yeah, I think the opportunity for E3 at least was to kind of uh, take a step back and analyze themselves, you know, and then the pandemic hit, you know, so that was, that was good timing for them. In addition to, uh, this year as well. Uh, and, and that's kind of uh, the big question mark is, is, is E3 relevant now, uh, as it was 10 years ago or even, you know, five or six years ago? Um, considering as a publisher and, a, and you know, developers and, 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 you know, everybody in the industry who, who wants to be there and show off their stuff, I mean, that costs money to, you know, uh, set up physical space and and show off your games you know so you know for for nintendo they've been doing the nintendo direct shows every year and it's been proven effective uh sony's taken a similar route with their uh state of play with their digital event i mean they're doing it themselves right they're saving themselves a lot of money they have enough eyeballs on their events so you know from their perspective what what benefit do they get besides you know tradition so I think that E3 is kind of in a tough position. Um, we've also seen them expand it more to people who are not, you know, media, uh, re uh, you know, media people, uh, especially to the you public. Know, you mean to the public? Yeah, because yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like when I attended, I, I was part of that. I, I attended those E3s where they started introducing people into the public, and I saw it beforehand. Uh, before the public, you know, like lines were big enough as it is when you introduce the public and, you know, the media at the same time, like you had, it was basically just line of Palooza. You know what I mean? Like if you wanted to play, I don't know if it was Super Mario Odyssey, you have to stand in line for like three hours to get a chance to play the game for like two minutes, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and yeah, the, it was not each, good. each day was, you know, uh, from like nine to five or six and then the show floor closes so like you have what two or three opportunities if you want to play the big games wow. unless you you have an appointment right and sometimes you you get appointments when you want to play games sega was kind enough uh to give us personally you know appointments to play i think it was kiwami 2 uh and uh ooh, what was that one fist of the north star mm. they give us uh Stuff with that, and I think there was a Sonic Boom game I remember playing. Aaron Weber showed me. I think it was on, you know, on the 3DS. Um, so, like, we had opportunities to play them directly and skip the lines, but, like, other games that we wanted to play, I think Breath of the Wild existed in one of those years I attended. Mm. That was, like, 
impossible, you know? Yeah. So, so I, like they, they try to solve, let, let me just finish this. They, they try to solve their problem uh, with lack of funds by opening it up to the public so they can get more funds. And, and then they tr treat it like a, like a Disney world or universal studio. But then you increase the, the issue with, with, you know, media personnel. And I mean, even like when, when, the public got in their perception of like, all right, well I can only play like two or three games. Cause like I'm standing in line for like four hours. So like, you're not really, you're not really appealing to e either side. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, I think it's they a have weird a weird thing problem. about it's how it, it just shows how um, they had no idea what they were doing when they brought the public in, especially compared to events like Penny Arcade Expo or PAX for short. Cause that has been very successful and also, I stopped going to PAX because it got so congested. I might go back, though, because it is such a big deal and it's fun. But but th at the same time, I would be there with a group of friends, and we'd see people in line for, like, the next Assassin's Creed that's out in two months and be like, why are you going to stand there for two hours for something that you can <laughs> play in two months where there's, like, 30 indie games that are doing way more influential stuff that you should be checking out right now? Right. And so it's... But PAX had it set up well, and it was made for the community. It was... An, uh, whereas E3, if we look all the way back, it was like, I still remember an E3 where Sony was using Little Big Planet to show its uh, stock numbers and shit to its like investors and things like that. Like that's E3 used to be for the developers and for the companies yeah. and for the stock and shareholders and stuff, whereas it's gone more towards the public and they see that that matters more than telling people why should they, they should invest in them. They, the presentations are literally, this is how cool we are. These are the cool games we have and you can play them on the floor. So mm. it's it's changed drastically. So but I, even more so now with letting the public in. Okay, I just want to double. I just want to clarify something with Martin. So with the three uh, years when they when they turned to the public, was it literally public and press all days basically? It was. I mean, I think they, they, they at a certain point they initially when they did it, it was both at the same time, and then they basically. Uh, changed it the next year where it was uh, the media has the first two or three hours uh, oh. before anyone else comes in and then they let uh. them all in and then everyone's on the on the floor at the same time. So, so it, you have a time window. The reason why I asked that question, it kind of baffles me because um, I went to Tokyo Game Show years and years ago, like 20, 2007, I think it was, I went. Still so jealous of that. Um, yeah. it's, it was amazing. It was an amazing event, amazing time. But what they did there was it was on for, I think it was four days it was on for. It was over five or four days. I can't remember. The first two or three days were press only. So literally just the press. And then the last couple two of days. Two or three days. Wow. Yeah. And so, so I, I remember going for two days in a row. And, and I think it was on for four days. I think it was on for four days. I went for the first two days were press days. I went there, press. It was kind of busy, but um, not not too busy basically the longest time i had to queue up for a game was like half an hour um sorry an advert just popped up which i don't want to be looking at because it's about jimmy Savile. never mind sorry i just i'm joking okay sorry um uh, um uh. right sorry oh uh, yeah so four days first two days i remember like the queues were like half an hour at the most at the most was half an hour which is kind of like oh gotta wait half an hour a bit annoying not too bad i then skipped a day and went into japan into tokyo properly just to have a, a day off basically on the fourth day, I went back there for the fourth day where it was open to the public and the press, basically. And it was insane. The average queue time was at least three hours. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, what? Like, who on earth would go here, basically? And if E3, like, surely the, the, the people who ran E3 would have known that's a better way to do things. Because the, the press days are like the days when 
all the breaking news comes out and stuff, and they're actually getting loads of promotions and stuff. So if journalists and stuff are having to queue up as well, that's not a good thing, really. Like, I mean, there was even an issue they, with, with layout of, of uh, you know, certain companies, you know, being next to each other. And, like, I remember one of the Sega lines was like, all right, there's a line here, but then there's also a line here for people. I didn't, mm-hmm. Like, it, it, was, it was a mess sometimes in terms of actual layout design and space. So I think that was also an ongoing issue. They, so um, They also had, they tried to do, or they were talking about for a while in the newest iteration of E3, what the hell is going on with it this year. They were saying that they were going to have like experiences or whatever the hell buzzword they tried to come up with. It literally activities for kids to do while they're waiting in line <laughs> because of how bad it was and they wanted to still make it seem public friendly. So when you're done at the gift shop, buying your fucking eat, sleep, prestige shirt or whatever you can get in line and like play something or interact with somebody that's walking around it's just like it's just like that's not going to solve the problem of how this is not um tailored for the public yet uh yeah it's yeah they have no idea it's it's i don't know so another year of digital maybe that's good well for safety reasons of course it is but um i I don't know. I kind of, I enjoy D3. I enjoyed, I, I've never been to it, but I enjoy watching the stuff around it, hearing all the big news. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to approach it this year, because again, I don't know if it's like four straight days of streaming, if we should do like a watch party in the discord, like it's a, it's going to be weird and educational to see how they're handling everything this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be like a 24 hour stream or if it's just going to be like scheduled programming on their specific channels, or if it's going to be simultaneously cast on all the developers on YouTube channels, you know, I don't, I don't know how they'll go about it, but definitely will be interesting. Yeah. Um, But what do you, what do you, what, well, actually, Graham, yeah, you ask your question now. I'll, I'll ask. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is something that's going to, you're about to say, basically. But yeah, that, that just begs the question because when you go to the events and stuff, there can be different. They have like the main live stage events and these events quite often where there'll be big announcements and stuff, which everyone can sort of go to individually. But they often have like multiple things happening at the same time on different areas as well, like um, different little reveals and stuff like going on. So yeah, are they, how are they going to do that? Are they actually going to be able to like, is it going to be one of those things you could tune in? I want to watch the Sony thing right now or something or something around. The, I don't know, like gameplay footage of this from Nintendo while Sony's like doing how, something. Um, like how Comic-Con maybe did it. Comic-Con just had like straight up, here's the panels you can watch digitally. Here's the entire schedule. And I looked at that schedule. I'm like, holy shit, uh, I have to go to work and sleep. So I don't think I'm going to follow the majority <laughs> of this, unfortunately. But yeah. they had it. So I assume they're going to do something like that. Yeah, like. Yeah, or, or or can they just do one thing, one like long stream where it's like we're going to have the Sony presentation now, we're going to have the Nintendo one now, for example. I know Sony's not going to be there, sorry, um, but yeah, like just one after the other, where you don't have to keep choose what you tune into. It can just be there, and you just get up at a certain time and watch it or something. Or I don't know. Yeah, that makes know. the most sense, I would say. But uh, we'll mm-hmm. definitely see how they organize it because I don't think they know what they're doing entirely. Well, so what do we think of E3 in general uh, and its current standing and its use? Do you think that it should maintain being a digital event? What do you what do you, what purpose do you think it serves besides being a checkpoint, so to speak, for uh, you know the gaming industry and people who play video games? I think 
because Graham didn't open his mouth first. I will speak. <laughs> okay, Frank, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think that it is important, again, as an annual checkpoint for people to know they should physically attend. Um, I probably wouldn't have said that if I hadn't kept up with giant bomb stuff that they do. They do um, essentially kind of a talk show after the days are done. It's called bomb at night, giant bomb at night or whatever, like the Nick at night kind of idea logo. Um, but they have devs and members of their own staff and like indie devs and other people that are just there, just sit there and talk to Jeff Gersman. But like you hear different stuff, you might have something like uh, some really cool thing. Like the coolest thing about that is they have Phil Spencer on there every year. And he, he is legitimately the most interesting guest since he's the head of Microsoft and him and Jeff just enjoy talking to each other. But you hear stuff like the year that fantasy star online two debuted on their thing. He literally said, um, it was just good. We just wanted to have Sega back on our stage again. And like, it's like, whoa, I did not expect you to say something as kind of bare bones, but also cool. Like you wouldn't get that by what you wouldn't, we wouldn't hear that from yeah. walking around on the floor. And we we're not going to hear that when it's an all digital event, you know? So like stuff like that. And I think that the digital idea of E3 that can happen anywhere. That's not a necessity because of all the reasons we just listed with Nintendo direct state of play and all that stuff. But the physicality of it is the most important thing for it. It, it is essentially the business side's packs because people would plan events and vacations around packs to go hang out with their friends and maybe play these games and see like, oh, my favorite YouTuber is going to be there, but also Mega64 is going to be there or some insanity. And, and uh, it's just this huge thing. E3 is important for that, for like, that's where most of limited run games would strike up deals with talking devs and things like that. Um, and for us there, that's how, I guess indirectly, E3 is the reason that I am excited for the Polymega because you guys went there before I was part of Mega Visions. You played the Polymega and you told me like, yeah, you need this, you idiot. You play retro games. That should honestly be their slogan at this point, probably. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but like, if you guys had not physically been there playing the Polymega, I would have no trust in this thing with how their whole social platform has gone and just everything else. But I still am excited for it because I know you physically held the controllers. You've seen the crossbars. You've seen all this stuff. And, um, it's the same as like, I mean, you could throw this argument at like, why do retro stores still exist? It's because we need right. to go there, have a conversation to determine if we want to back or buy something. So, yeah, I mean, boy, I, I, I could ramble on forever. Sorry. <laughs> no, you made you made some very good points, uh, and I, I might echo some of those. But yeah, I think you know, as as a human species, we're social creatures, so we we like we can have these digital events, but I think an actual physical space where you can. I mean, like it, it is it is like a crossroads of everyone in the industry, whether it is, you know, YouTubers, influencers, uh, developers, uh, legends in the game industry, journalists. You know, you have everyone who comes together in one area uh, over over a five day week. And, you know, like like you said, like people strike deals, people have conversations I mean, they have concerts and events around it. I went to like a, a Pokemon <laughs> concert where they had uh, the like uh, uh, original, you know, soundtracks from like the first five or six games at Microsoft Theater there. And, you know, that took place around E3. Um, and then, you know, they have like other events that, you know, developers pay for. They have like, I remember going to 
this one event, there was this game that I thought was pretty shitty, but they had uh, the bassist from Guns N' Roses and someone from event. I don't know who was from Event Sevenfold, but they were doing covers uh, of Guns N' Roses songs with, and to promote this shitty game. And there was like an open bar and stuff. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. <laughs> I thought you were to like a Velvet Underground band of some sort. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. But I was like, whoa, this is insane, you know? And they were like just promoting it on the street. Um, yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll go. Why not? Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, like the whole event, like, you know, it feels like, I don't know, it's like a video game Vegas for me sometimes, you know what I mean? Right. So, so like th- there, there are many reasons to do it. Um, but, but again, I think the problem is, is do these game developers as a business, do they think it's necessary for them anyway, where maybe they could just talk deals over zoom? I don't know. Like, do they think it's, it's profitable for them, you know, to do it at this point. And I think there's some kind of hesitancy now, with you know cybersecurity for journalists to put their information on there if there is going to be a physical e3 next year do they want to take the risk and that's that's one thing that i do not understand from from companies in general now the the importance and the need of cybersecurity and having a top tier security system for your information because what like what did they have it like on an Excel spreadsheet and it was like on Google Drive you know with a link like yeah. how how intricate was your security you know like that that these are things that a lot of organizations have to do because we see these things all the time like Facebook right the biggest richest company in the world had a freaking data leak you know what I mean like they they are not they are not paying close enough attention. Uh, to that aspect. So I think that's going to be a big red flag and question mark uh, going forward for E3 as well is, is the trust in, in, you know, our information and like just from a business management perspective, the competency, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what else you guys got. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It, yeah, that's all very good points. And I think actually we kind of got a, a almost a question or a comment related to that. Um, unless you had more, Graham, what do you think? I, I don't think I've really got anything else. I think you guys actually cleared, covered up quite a lot of good good points there, actually. I can't got anything else to add at the moment, at least. That's for sure. Okay. Um, uh, Hell was here in the chat regarding E3 mentions. As for the E3, I think it's important to keep devs grounded and supportive of each other. But unfortunately, most studios want to have their own spotlight, and this ties to the whole Sony debacle that's been going on. I think Sony is losing touch these days, and E3 absence is just a consequence of that. Um, I think it is that and a combination of the cost. Um, But yeah, I'm trying to even remember the last time a Sony conference mattered to me, like a a year that it was interesting. Because they have always... See, I miss live presentations like sony would do with like an nba game like they'd have a pro athlete come out and play the game and it's like i don't fucking care if he's playing this game even if you're playing these games and you're into sports that that's like getting slash out here to play guitar hero fucking any iteration of it like it doesn't matter dude he's not a gamer we know that uh, unless they've come out and said it like henry cavill or something like we know that they're not a gamer. You're just literally paying them. That's why your fucking presentation costs so much, you idiots. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, I mean, it could be cheap pandering, you know, like so like those kind of things. Yeah, I would say I would roll my eyes at because it's like, hey, look, cool person playing our game. Obviously, game is equals cool, right? Monkey yeah. thing good. Monkey game good. Yes. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, but but also on the other side, Keanu Reeves showing up. Like I was already excited for Cyberpunk, but seeing him walk out on stage as clueless as ever, but as charming as ever, was like, uh, oh my god, uh, I need every copy of this game now because he's <laughs> standing here telling me to get it. Well, obviously the dichotomy in our brains, right? One mm. we think is shitty, and the other one we think is good. I guess it just depends on the celebrity. Um, but I think, I mean, I think Sony has been, had, when they were there, they've been doing quite well. I mean, the one that, that sticks out to me the most is obviously 2015, uh, Sony, where they announced Shenmue 3, Final Fantasy 7, mm-hmm. uh, what, did they do Shadow of the Colossus there too? I don't Stop remember, but, but it, was, it was like a trifecta of major game announcements and they really knocked yeah. that out of the park. But that was like, what, six, seven years ago? But I mean, even after that, I think they had their, their a good amount of, of, of things where like, I would say if we're like, you know, if this was a horse race, race I, I thought that they came out on top in terms of announcements. Yeah. Uh, games, specifically. Yeah, was that the year? Oh, I got, I, there was one year I remember some of the... Uh, Last Guardian uh, was the other. Yeah, there th- sorry. There's one. Yeah, I remember some of the the social media team from Sony. Um, out after after the events happened, basically, they were like, we like. There's a picture of them like a week one E3 or basically, um, yeah. Like because their their announcements were so amazing and like everything was just it was it was all coming out PlayStation basically that year. Um, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I think yeah, it must have been that year because yeah, so many cool things happened and stuff. I'm like, yeah, like, did you say the Shenmue three announcement was just like, just the music just came on the screen and everyone was like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I was shaking. God. Like, like I, kids were crying on the streets. We and were stuff. like covering it. Yeah, we were like covering it. I was like, oh god, I, like I can't write this article. Like my hand was like shaking. It's like <laughs> as yeah, it was like I, happening live. Like I was typing as if they were still talking about it. Mm. Yeah, I still talk about uh, how uh, during that announcement, I was with Sega Addicts and um, a significant other of one of the co-hosts of the podcast. We were doing our annual kind of parody of E3. We'd always pretend to be at it and pretend to interview fake industry people and whatever. But then uh, their partner was watching it live and we just heard him in the background say Shenmue 3. And we're like, wait, what? We're literally making fun of the fact that that game is never getting announced and it's getting announced right now. We have to, in real time, revamp our entire podcast right now because of what's going on. Oh, um, wow. So, you know, and there's that big, that, that uh, one um, journalist that just like breaks down in tears while they're reporting about Shenmue 3 and stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, what was it? What was that? Uh, was it a, no, was it a podcast or, or like a group of, I don't know what journalists it was, but they like all went crazy on their live stream. I, I don't remember. Apologies. I think the chat might know, but. See um, if I can find it when you're still talking about it. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, but it's like moments like that where, where, you know, it makes these kinds of announcements, you know, worthwhile, you mm-hmm. know, like in-person events, People talking, they're making a you know a big pomp and circumstance kind of you know celebration out of it. Um, it is something that I think is is fun. I do think it's fun, um, but I think you know from like Sony's perspective, they feel like why should we share the spotlight with all these developers in this five day time window when we can push our announcements off a couple months and have the world world's attention on us specifically for a day you know uh, and do all their announcements you know like you have so much breathing room no one else is talking about anything but sony right now so i i get it i understand that but i feel like you can also you know appeal to another 
part of of the industry if if you still maintain that kind of presence at E3. So, mm. yeah, you just got to know how to do it. You got to figure out how to do it. And I don't I don't think anyone really has yet, which is kind of fine. Like rely on E3 because it's still uniting everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, I did find the clip of the kid crying. Uh, he's not a kid. He's a, an adult, but um, <laughs> I mean, a, a young general. snapper. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. And I try to, I, I, I've brought that up more times than, than uh, I can count to people that are like, why do people care about Shenmue? I'm like, okay, look at this. He, the kid hears, he's still not a child. The, the guy <laughs> hears like two notes from Shenmue's theme and just loses it. And so, but at big live announcements like that are fun mm. and like seeing people walk out. And I love all the times that like the production breaks or something, someone's mic backstage, you hear them talk about something we shouldn't hear and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I also, I'm a, I'm a big fan of cringe worthy, you know, game announcements and demos. Like, was it Wii music? Trusting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like those, there's always fun because you know, like who doesn't like a train wreck sometimes? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah, like you can't really do that in a, in a uh, pre-approved, you know, we created this stream and presentation ahead of time. We know what, what we're going to talk about, and it's all clean and whatnot. I like the rawness of people coming out. You could see, tell they're a little nervous. And you have, you have the other thing that helps is the audience. You know, you don't have in your digital like event, like a Nintendo Direct, like hundreds or thousands of people in your theater reacting to your announcements. I think that really gives your game some gravitas when you're having journalists report on it and then also record the videos and then share it out. Because like the announcement, like I said, let's go back to Shenmue 3, Final Fantasy 7, like that PlayStation, uh, you know, day. The the crowd really made that too. Like it just really helped uh, the event and, and, you know, the magnitude of it. So Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, that probably yeah. they probably helped to show Sony that this is what people clearly care about as well. Like you know, the the fact that everyone in the fight was like, "Holy shit!" Like, oh my god! Like, uh, yeah, for like one brief day or year, arguably, people thought that Sony knew what was up. You know? yeah. Like, they get it. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's weird because in the yeah in the past, Sony have done some great stuff at their at these events. Like 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 when the when Sega like announced this like the reveal with like the Saturn launch day and stuff. And then Sony basically sort of saying it's coming out early. This is how much it's going to cost and stuff. And then Sony just literally walked on and just showed the price of their console being like a hundred dollars cheaper. And just like walked off basically like mic drop moment going, yeah, we're cheaper. Get us. <laughs> I think crash was announced on Sony's too, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it probably maybe. was. I just remember there's a big deal about the way they just pulled up the price on the screen. It was like, yeah, get this thing. And then like showed off some yeah. games. <laughs> that couldn't have happened in a digital format. Uh, and also right. 1995, so it wouldn't have. But uh, yeah, and the whole back and forth of when the Xbox One was announced, and there was so much confusion and poor oh, yeah. uh, relay of how to play used games or whatever. And then literally, you knew that backstage Sony was like, "Oh, this is a dumpster fire, yeah, guys. We need you two, you and you, get over here with me. Grab a camera, guy. We're going to show people how to trade games." in the, the snarkiest manner possible. And it's literally, I forget the guy's name. I'm sorry, but um, Adam boys. And I think Shui Yoshida, maybe, maybe, but are yeah, you, you're talking about step one, how to, you know, give a PlayStation game and then they just hand yeah. it over. Yeah. That, yeah. like that was an epic fuck up from Microsoft <laughs> part. Uh, but yeah. 
I mean, honestly, now everything is in, is online anyway. Like, you gotta have an internet connection to, you know, download your updates, or else I don't know if it'll play. You know, so you know, it was fine then, but now it's it's not so much of a of a thing that can work. So I, okay. Going. So what are our our final thoughts of it? I can I can go with mine, and we can kind of trail into our listener questions here as well because we have some stuff related to this. Um, my two cents, E3 is important, but they need to learn how to evolve with what's going on. And I think that's really it. Honestly, if I could sum it up as quickly as possible for myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think E3, I think E3 is important. I mean, obviously I'm biased cause you know, we all grew up with it. Right. You know, maybe people aren't, are would you know, who are a little younger might not understand the importance of E3. And I understand that too. You know, they will determine the future of E3 as well because you know, they're younger and, and they will, uh, be playing uh, all the games and and watch all the streams that they want to watch. You know, I think a lot of things have been atomized as well. Uh, where like you don't maybe you might not necessarily need a giant event, but they will listen to a Twitch streamer or a YouTuber. You know, more so about announcements and stuff than you know maybe an E three event. Um, but I I mean I personally like it because you know I get to go and like I said interact with other people in the game industry. So from a selfish perspective myself and you know from like me wanting to report on these games early on I I love E3. I mean it, it it's like it's like uh you know a video game wonderland for me. You know, it's it's super fun. So I want it to keep going cuz I want to keep going to it. So Yeah. Right. I so That's my reason. My take is I think it is less relevant these days than it used to be, um, simply because of, um, you know, I mean, the internet's been around for a long time now, but um, with faster internet speeds and stuff um, throughout the years, these these big events just seem to become less and less relevant because so many, um, like, especially more recent years with, with uh, streamers and YouTubers and stuff, like, breaking they they break like news quite often like they'll 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 announce things that haven't been revealed yet by big companies because they've got a leak somewhere somehow um they've got all these connections and stuff so all these big like websites and you know um uh influencers and stuff online they they're able to like bring a lot of news throughout the year whereas previously there's these big events like e3 like tokyo game show and stuff um and uh yeah like they they're like two or three big events throughout the year where we got these announcements, we got these reveals and stuff. Um, and those were like the key moments that people would pick up those magazines or check out some websites and stuff to see what are the big events, what's what's been happening. Whereas now, they seem to have less fanfare about them simply because we know what the fuck's happening. We know everything, basically. We know, like, there's a rumor, like, you know, there's going to be a Switch Pro, for example, and lo and behold, Nintendo might announce a Switch Pro or whatever. Or, you know, like, Breath of the Wild 2. I remember that that being a big thing. Like, people were excited about it, but we kind of already knew it was coming. It was like, do, like yes, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see it, but at the same time, Nintendo could easily just put it up on YouTube, for example. Um, that said, I still think there is some relevance to them, and I'd love to see them maybe change or shift or something. Um, like, maybe, maybe go back to... Take take up steps back and be like what they used to be more like back in the day and stuff. Somehow, um, I'm not. I don't have all the answers to be honest, but I feel like they're relevant. But they could be more relevant. Basically, I feel like they need to change. Yeah. They need to evolve. Basically, yeah. I think um, kind of to add to both of yours uh, and 
I don't mean to sound snarky about this, but I think the people that think that E3 doesn't need to exist um, only see it from an online standpoint. And maybe, you know, maybe they are also just now getting into the buzz of E3. And the only way they know to watch it, how to watch it is like through their influencers live reactions. So like, why would I go to E3? Why would I care that it's physically there? But um, for like an example, I guess an example of why it matters and why that does, like I was thinking of like, when I went to PAX East forever ago in the indie area, there was a there was a dungeon crawling game set up with DDR pads, and I'm like, "What is this? I need to check this out. Like, how does that even work?" And um, and then we go up, and the dude's telling us about it. And we're like, "What's it called?" Crypt and the Necro Dancer. So everybody knows about that game now. But I was like experiencing it years before it blew up into this thing, and it's Hyrulean uh, uh, add-ons now and everything. So. I think it depends on what side you're asking, but they need to, there are so many reasons that it physically needs to happen for everything that's not in the presentations to continue to make the industry grow, Mm. I think. Um, And I'm just trying to get caught up with the chat here. Sorry. While you're just getting caught up with the chat, this this weirdly comes back to what we talked about the demo disc earlier in the show about there being like a time capture thing. Sometimes at certain events, there's these things that they reveal there or show there, like even small, small studios quite often, which never really get released or never get big. But it's like, so like at Tokyo Game Show, there was this controller that, though this was around the time that the Wii was massive, by the way. Like, so like motion controls were like the, all the rage and people were like, oh, motion controls. And like PlayStation 3 didn't have motion controls at this point. Um, there's this, this company called Haptics or something. We're making a controller for the PC, which is basically like a, a almost like a thick Wii device thing that you strap to your, your desktop, like uh, literally physically to your desk. Um, because it had feedback on it, and you basically they had Quake. What was it? It's one of the Quake games. I think it was like Quake Four, maybe running like the single player um, game, and it was oh, insane, like how good this was to play this game. Because the feedback from the different guns and stuff you had, and the way they right. developed it, they had like another demo they showed me where you could you could feel the different surfaces in a game. Like you could touch a smooth bit of glass, you could touch a wall, you could touch some sand. And like using the motion of this thing and like the cursor on the screen, you could feel the feedback of everything with this controller. And I haven't seen anything about that since Tokyo Game Show 2007. Uh, like I think the company just disappeared. Like I think I Googled it a few years ago and they don't exist anymore. And I was like, I got to experience that. And that was amazing. And no one else did really. Well, other people at the show did, but it's like, wow, like there's like, so if you can find like any videos online about it or any, articles because this is way back in sega nerd days i think the, the article's gone now um from what the one that i wrote about it but it was awesome so yeah like, kind of those time catching things like snapshots of stuff that happened that no one else really gets to see um yeah yeah i think uh to tap on that and make it relevant for today uh two i was gonna say two letters but it's not but 4k I don't have a 4K TV, so how am I gonna? How are you convincing me that this game looks amazing right now? I'm not watching 4K, <laughs> but if I was standing on the E3 show floor looking at that, I'd be like, I need this game and I need a 4K TV right now. You know? Yeah. So that's true. I mean, I, I think they also probably just look at you know statistics and they're like, all right, well, maybe we'll u- lose this audience over here, but on the whole, you know, I think they can. I don't know. <laughs> say it's okay. I don't know their logic, but. Yeah. So, if you guys think it's all right, I think we can transition out of this topic and into the listener questions. What do you think, Graham? That sounds good to me. 
do it. All right, it's time for some listener questions. We finally got them back. You people care again. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I just smashed my ukulele off my chair. It's not broken, though. Uh, so, in the Discord, you can ask us in Discord, which you can join that by going right there, if you'd be so kind. We talk about a lot of stuff, and um, Happy Dude asked us. You can ask us questions right now if you want to as well in the chat live, like uh, Hell Was Here just did. Happy Dude asks, at the end of the day, E3 was, and up until 2020, about who can spend the most money to make the most money with exclusives and game announcements that people will remember for years. See Cyberpunk 2077. With the cheapest produced E3 coming up, can you see that companies will request that E3 from here on out be digital? Mm. And we sort of tapped on that, but we didn't really answer that question. Mm. Um, I don't know because it's hard to say because like with sony just gonna keep going back to them they're not gonna be there um and would it be worth it for them to pay 50 million dollars or whatever uh i hope it's not that much for a lot (laughs) space on the floor um to have people try to play with their move controllers again that nobody cares about like they've got vr stuff in the works are they gonna like maybe change their course of action to get people to play vr because there's you cannot represent VR with just a trailer. No one's going to understand that um, adequately because that's not VR. Plain and yeah, because you're just watching somebody with a headset on and then they have a, like a video of the game playing. But I'm like, all right, well, that's just a regular game then. Like, how are you <laughs> representing the feeling and experience of a VR game? Like, I'm just watching some douchebag with a goggle. <laughs> um, so, VR. yeah, in that aspect, like... I mean, honestly, in that aspect, right, if if let's say virtual reality is the future, how how are you going to present that in digital format where it, you know, where it can be appealing besides just showing a person with a goggle or a headset and then just the game footage? You know what I mean? Like you're not really, you know, you're not selling me on on the you know points of, of virtual reality and why it's cool. Um, but but yeah, like to end. could do. Yeah. No, yeah. Sorry. And, I you're done. No, I was actually going to pivot to his question, but yeah, what was your point? I was going to say I could see them doing like, okay, here comes the trailer. Now, if you'd like to see the VR version of that trailer, strap on your dumbass headset and click <laughs> on this link. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like uh, instructions when you're sitting on a plane. And now, please plug <laughs> in, you know, put in your seatbelt before yeah. takeoff. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, I guess that's an option, but. Who knows? I, I was going to say, I mean, like, I mean, obviously for Sony, at least in the future, it looks like, you know, they they're like, all right, we did our own event. They s- took a step back. They analyzed it and they thought it was a good idea. Right. So obviously it's working for them right now. So who knows? Like, I, I don't know if they'll I if they will go back to e3 which which is kind of crappy because like it is a giant chunk of the gaming industry not wanting to take part in e3 and i think like when that happened you it was like a a big obvious uh sign that e3 was in decline right because you know these giant top big four big three game companies are saying you know what this isn't that important i don't need to be there Mm, and yeah. that just tells everyone else, you know, because people follow opinion, right? They, they follow the, the the most popular opinion. You see that all the time in in every part of life, right? You see Sony say not that important. Most people might say, you know what, not that important, right? And then other 
companies will follow suit when they see that their digital event is successful. So I think it's up to the ESA to, you know, work their magic behind the scenes, you know, uh, create a new format. I don't, I mean, I don't know, but they're going to have to come up with something if they want to stay relevant. I thought of something that sickens me that they could do to stay relevant is just straight up get influencers to tell people to watch E3 and go to E3. <laughs> they, I mean, honestly, like, like if, if we want to know what's, what is the thing that, that, you know, is popular and that exists is, is those kinds of realms of media because right. game companies do it all the time. You have, they have community managers who in turn talk to people who are our influencers? I, I, I'll tell you, NetherRealm Studios does that with you know some of their um, social media channels, where they have influencers who are fantastic cosplayers, and the cosplayer might necessarily be a fan of Mortal Kombat, but they'll tell them to you know create a scorpion costume, and that influencer is in turn helping them you know promote the brand of Mortal Kombat. So that is absolutely a thing that you know they do, and could be and are still doing you know so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. no and i I do want to clarify because happy dude picks uh mentions you say that like it's a bad thing scotty i would gladly take that easy paycheck as an influencer to say go to e3 yeah no i i no yeah i mean i don't blame them i don't think like oh how dare you influencer (laughs) if you're getting a paycheck out of it absolutely if if mortal kombat or mortal kombat if netherrealm studios told me to dress up as katana because i have a lot of followers you know i'll I'll dress up as katana i don't care (laughs) I'll put yeah. on the big blue boots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at Shaq. He's he's done everything from give commercials of Fig Newtons to where to get your hair cut. So yeah. it's, so it's I just sound more cynical than I mean to because I'm constantly an old man's uh, uh, clouds. So yeah, yeah, you're being a realist. Uh, I I so 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 to go to uh, the question I, from my side, yeah. I can totally see this becoming a thing where some of these companies are like, you know what. We I'm, we don't want to go. We're going to make. The, we want this to be digital only because because of that price difference. Like for some of them, because um, I feel like some some of these some of these events that have been created over the years, there's some which are targeted more towards indie gamers, whereas E3 hasn't really been so much um, over the years. Um, like I th- what's the I literally just from the name of it. There's one in in the UK which happens every year, and I've got it. Used to be called Eurogamer Expo, but now it's called something else. EGX, sorry, EGX. There we go. Um, that has always basically had an indie section to it, which is really cool. Um, and I know PAX has it as well. Basically, like the, a lot of indie developers go there, and these 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 shows started popping up uh, more and more. Basically, um, and it's a place that's cheaper for indie studios to go to. So I feel like. A lot of I, th- I feel like for E three, like if these big studios aren't going to go, they need to do something to draw in maybe some of these smaller studios so they can show off their wares and stuff. Um, but yeah, I can totally see possibly even them sort of saying, you know what, keep it digital, and you can get all these other cool little studios like showcasing their stuff. Um, as a quick as a quick aside, I was actually at Eurogamer Expo when I was in London in 2012. Like that was right Ooh. around when they were showing off the Wii U. Dude. And there, there was there was a pretty long line for that. They were showing off that zombie, uh, zombie U, zombie U. Yeah, it was zombie. We, we were at the same event and we didn't realize. Were it. we? Oh, yeah, I was there. I, I played on the Wii U there. Um, I did. Oh not, yeah, I, that was the one game I didn't play on the Wii U. Actually, I didn't queue up for it because I played some of the other games. Because uh, yeah, uh, for whatever. There was reason, some other weird play. multiplayer party, and I forgot what it was. Yeah, there was anyway. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, 
But fun t- I also had my camera stolen out of my bag at that event, actually. Uh, the zip okay. of my bag broke and it's sort of coming uh, apart. And um, there's a guy, like, suddenly just went, Oi! Like, basically sort of, like, pushed some guy who was behind me. And I, was, I sort of turned around. The guy was like, dude, your bag is wide open. That guy named took your camera. I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Like, I didn't realize the zip had broken and somehow... <laughs> Everything I didn't get nothing was stolen. Thankfully, what a good guy, um, and he was yeah. American. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> Hell's that representation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As in, they're normally assholes. So he was pleasantly surprised. And he didn't have a cheeseburger in his hand. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, the hell? We're not wearing an American T-shirt, you know, with the American flag on it. You know. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, uh, yeah. TJ says, "Graham thinks we Americans are jerks." I, I, I um, love all you Americans. I love. Well, I don't know. I'm sure there's some bad. I'm sure there's some bad ones America. out there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> As with sorry. any country, <laughs> apologies. No, you're fine. I was going to say to kind of uh, wrap that question up is uh, I can see the companies requesting that it be digital from here on out, but mm. they will have to listen to the consumers and the feedback. I can mm. see them saying like we are not doing a presentation, but we will buy floor space unless you decrease the amount of the presentation slime time slot, not the slime slot, the time slot Nickelodeon reservation fee or what, however the hell they do that. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, one more from the chat right now in live real time. Hell was here says, sorry if this was asked today on stream, but what's your take on Sony's debacle on days gone Two being canceled and they focusing now on remakes like the la- the first Last of Us game and devs moving to MS Studios. I'm, I'm assuming he means Microsoft Studios. So kind of two questions in there. Oh, um, I'll answer the first one quick about Sony being clueless, because uh, that's what I'm going to say. They canceled Days Gone 2 because no one cared about Days Gone 1. And second, Last of Us 2 is raking in the cash. So despite the fact that it's not even a 10-year-old game, part one, and it was just remastered for PS4, they apparently are remaking the game. Yeah. Hello. I, I well, think like I, I said, it's a business, right? So money, money, money. I'm, I'm fairly certain I did facepalm, like genuinely facepalm when I read that article the other day. I was just like, wait, what? Like, yeah. That, it, it, yeah, because if the, the, even if you play the original game, like on the original system, it still looks great. And then you had the PS4 yeah. remaster or whatever. It's just like, so why? 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 What, what's going on? Um, the bigger uh, problem man. is, like, we talked about, uh, we recently reported how there was talks and it was in motion to have Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 remade 10 years after it released. That's because between 1999 and 2009, there was a huge evolution in video mm. games. But between oh, wow, yeah. um, when 2013, when Last of Us 1 was announced, and 2023, not nearly as much of an evolution in games. So that's, an, that's more emphasis on, like, how much are you going to improve this game? Yeah, and is it an actual remake or just a remaster? Remake. They're they're remaking it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought visually it was great. I mean, you, you probably might could touch up some things, but I don't know how much more you can improve. But <laughs> yeah, like I for one, Last of Us Part One has one of my favorite endings in all of video games. I'm not exaggerating. No, hundred percent. I was very excited for Part Two. I'm still going through it, and it has been kind of a slog because the pacing is so poorly handled compared to the first one, in my opinion. I will happily not support this remake because it is so absurd that they're doing yeah i still have to play part two but yeah i i mean and it's it's surprising because i really really did enjoy part one like that that was a beautiful game the soundtrack was amazing 
the you know the environment the the character development like it was top notch yeah i've had but, so many mixed things about number two like some people really yeah. don't like it some people love I mean, it but... i think some people like who are giving like negative reviews some of them i see like it's just it's very like they're like they think it's like an anti-sjw like trolls like they they give like reasonings for you know certain character developments that i think i mean i guess fine if you want to you know complain about that sure but um, I think, you know, it's better to just talk about the actual gameplay. Um, well, so so yeah, some, but, of the, some of the negative reviews I've read, I've seen and read were actually, they seemed quite like they had va- very valid reasons when I watched it. I wasn't like, this is just a troll, basically. I was like, okay. that's a very good point. Like, this doesn't sound as good as the original, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I, uh, it was also a victim of circumstance because it's a depressing game that came out in the most depressing year of mankind <laughs> yeah. in 2020. So That's true. That is very true. I mean, but like to to go back to that point about remasters and remakes. I mean, like that. I guess it's just the nature of the industry. I mean, like movies have been doing it forever. Reboots, remakes. You know, like they think this is just a recent phenomenon. Reboots. I mean, like Godzilla has existed for what eighty years, a hundred years, and they've created different versions of Godzilla and Frankenstein and Dracula and all these movies for decades. And you know, like. It right. just feels like it's a new thing, but this phenomenon has always existed. Um, like, I mean, and like I said, it's a business, so they're going to print money with a game that they know is going to do very well because they could see the numbers, right? That's There's a reason why GTA Five has been on three separate console generations, <laughs> right? The 360 yeah. or PS4, uh, no, maybe two. Anyway, and PS5, I think. It's well, Xbox 360, so. PS3, uh, PS4, Xbox One. And now it's coming to PS5 and Series X. There you go. So, yeah. hey, um, but <laughs> I don't like it. But but the thing, uh, I don't. I, I feel I feel like the thing with GTA is they, I don't know. They they haven't really. They did a little bits of touching up and stuff. But they didn't really seem to advertise it as a full on remaster. Um, like with the Xbox One and PS4 versions, they added in like first person gameplay for the whole game, which was actually bloody impressive it basically changed the whole game uh, if you play it um but generally is they kept the same game they just re-released it as a re-release really it wasn't really much of a remaster so it wasn't like it didn't feel like the same as like going back and saying hey you know this this game we're going to touch up all the graphics and change bits and pieces and stuff like a reboot base well not a reboot like a remaster of the game well, they didn't really do that yeah. they, they kept it all the same basically like like so, like to me, like a remaster is like the Yakuza Kiwami One and Kiwami Two, where they've taken a PS2 game and made it for Xbox One and um, you know PS4 and stuff. They've literally revamped the games, uh, better graphics and stuff, more updated. Um, oh, yeah, Scotty, I have a point, uh, yeah. but the the oh god, let me try. Sorry, I'm having a stroke or something. Uh, GTA Five <laughs> is an example of how you evolve as the industry evolves, because and ex- uh, comparatively um, we monthly, we try to monthly on our Thursday night throwdown streams, play Sonic and all-star racing transformed. And the way we do that is everybody can boot up their PC. Cause you can still grab it on steam. You if you have it downloaded, you can still hop into the lobby with us and play. That game is not optimized for PC though. So it crashes left and right for some people. Um, now that game came out PS three, 360 era, and it plays great on those consoles. 
if they had continued to upgrade the online play like they are with GTA 5, then it'd be ideal to still play Sonic and All-Star Racing Transformed on your 5s and on your Series Xs right mm. now. So that's kind of how GTA 5 is differentiated from that because it's so online-based and the world of video games is so geared towards that right now that it's kind of showing how and why it's relevant since it is still making them money. Mm. So, yeah, is that answer any question? <laughs> But I, I, I just, I, sorry, just to touch on that point that you made, Martin, about they see where the money is and stuff. The, the, my problem with that is, if that was the case, they would just re-release those games every console generation, basically. They'll keep remastering them because they sold so well before. Why not do it again? It's like, we need new games. Like, I think be, I think because like uh, GTA Five sold an astronomical amount, so it's right. not like it did well. It it yeah. did. Oh, sorry, no, really? I'm, not, I'm not talking about. G- By the way, at this point, I'm not talking about GTA Five right now. I'm talking about the oh, last, sure. last of Us. Okay, um, I mean, so I think even but, the Last of Us did really well. I mean, they, they did really well, but the same point, like, do you need to keep remastering it every few years? Like, with as you said, Scotty, with GTA Five, that was more of an evolution in that. They kept the game online. They're upgrading it for the new systems to keep it online and stuff. Um, right. And yeah, and they did add, they added a couple of new features and stuff like the Xbox One and uh, PS4 versions. But it was basically the base game plus the online version, which has been enhanced and stuff. Whereas right. with Last of Us, they're literally remastering the old game, if that makes sense, and re-releasing it. Um, like, and it's almost like, but. Can we get some new games? Like, it's not that old a game, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I think it might be. I mean, there's, I feel like there's multiple, you know, reasons. I mean, one might be a uh, creative drought. That's a possibility, you know, like, if, if, why, you know, create an entirely new concept and story when there's something that has been proven to work and you can just re release it, you know, that, that's, that's same, same goes for movies, right? Um, and, you know, the other reason is, like, for, like, remasters, like The Last of Us, for example. That originally came out on the PS3, right? Uh, and then it got remastered on the PS4, which is where I played it. Mm. Uh, and the reason, so, like, one good thing would be potentially, like, the PS4 sold much more than the PS3. So, in their mind, they're like, okay, well, why not just release it again to an, a wider audience? So, now you're exposing your existing IP to more people because more people bought this version of the console. So, I mean, that's a good reason. And, like, for the Switch, the same thing. Like, they're remastering games. Like, the Switch sells, like, freaking hotcakes, too. So, now companies with their older games that they remastered, like, hey, Mass Effect Trilogy is coming out. I is it on the, on the Switch? I'm not, I don't remember. They talked but, about it getting re-released soon or something. I forget exactly. But I'm, but like even if it's not Mass Effect, like other IPs, right? Re-release and remaster. Freaking Elder Scrolls, right? Like Oblivion, not Oblivion. Uh, Skyrim. Skyrim. There we go. That thing has been released, remastered, rebooted everywhere on everywhere. your mobile phone, on a toilet urinal. You know, like it's everywhere, right? So. But that, that's okay. So for those, that game, that's just another re. They are basically. So maybe, maybe we're crossing a fine line here, but that that game, so Skyrim, has just been re-released on different platforms. It hasn't been remade or anything, basically. They, right. For the Xbox One, they added they added the mods that you can get on PC, basically. But that was the only real update. The the visuals haven't have been have barely been updated. It's just. It's not like they've done a whole overhaul. Um, right. So, so I guess let, let me fine tune that point then. Mm. So, because I think we're specifically talking about a remake of a game 
like The Last of Us that has already been out, uh, remastered and slightly polished and still looks fantastic. And then they're remaking that game. So mm-hmm. to that point, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, you know, if that's a great idea or not. Um, like in terms of remasters and re-releasing, what what are our thoughts on those then so, specifically? Uh, example. Okay, so Bethesda, Skyrim is Bethesda. Skyrim is, all right, here we go, kids. SAT question or statement. Skyrim is to Bethesda as Sonic 1 is to Sega. <laughs> yeah, plain and simple. Um, but I was going to say, like, what point are we getting to? Like, but then Sonic Mania came out and it remade Green Hill Zone. And people that hadn't played Sonic somehow in a while or Green Hill Zone in a while thought that was great. But then the three of us are like, dude, I've played Green Hill Zone forward and backwards in my sleep on every possible platform. Do something else in Sonic Mania. So I guess it's what target audience? Money, money, money. Yeah. Yeah. So I can can completely understand re-releasing a game to to reach a new audience for the new systems and stuff. But... It feels like you don't need to go back and remake a game when you could be putting the, those resources into building a new new franchise or releasing a brand new game in that franchise. Basically, yep. that that's kind of my point. Like, I wouldn't have a problem if Sony said, "So we've updated it slightly for the PS4. Like, this is a re-release on the PS4, slightly enhanced. We're going to do that again on PS5." But the, the, from what I okay, maybe I've got this wrong. What I understand, they're basically remaking, remastering the whole game completely. Um, from the ground up, like new engine stuff, which make uh, it look really good, but at the same time, it's not that yeah. old. It doesn't need that. Like if it was twenty years old, like Final Fantasy VII, when they remastered that, totally, totally worth it. I'd say in a way because um, uh, games have moved on so much, and like you know, visually and stuff, like younger generations wouldn't really want to play the old style Final Fantasy VII that much because let's face it, it doesn't look that great anymore. Um, I mean, people that rose into glasses, they love it, but the new version looks so much better because it's like a 20, 30 year old game or something at this point. Um, so that, no, I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. to clarify though, you're talking about two different words. Remake is completely redoing and essentially just taking the name and creating a new game, which is what they did with FF seven remake. Right. Remastering is what they've done with the first last of us. All they did was make it, native to a new system okay and maybe i'm mis- mis- mixing up my words a little bit here then i, po- I apologize if there's confusion there yeah. um i think i, I, I hope i've got my point to cross in some way um yeah, you did. yeah okay cool yeah apologies if there's confusion there um but yeah i mean um, i mean how do you feel about it martin are you like what do you feel about that because you've posed that question I was on mute. Um, I mean, I'm I'm neutral to it. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a you know a strong opinion or the other. I like. I, I feel like I've analyzed it. You know, already and and kind of you know like there's there's just valid points on both sides. So I mean, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Right. Maybe, I, I, I feel like I maybe got I sounded quite irate by it. At the end of the day, I'm not going to be that bothered by it. But yeah, I, I hate yeah. everything. Yeah, I just feel like they could we, be putting those resources elsewhere. But yeah, I agree. Yes, exactly. Do we want to tap on Microsoft buying other devs? I don't know how much we can really say on that at this point. It's part of the business. Uh, it makes more sense because they get more hands and more pots, or maybe not if they don't tell them to make games a certain way. 
I don't know that we can say a whole lot on that um, at this point. Uh, so I actually wanted to double check something with that because um, way Hell was here phrased his question was um, devs moving to MS Studio. So are we, are we saying that like so some of Sony's devs have moved to Microsoft or is he talking about so oh, Microsoft buying out like Bethesda, for example? Oh. And they just clarified, devs are just being bought. The thing is that Jason Schreiber had an article where devs are unhappy with Sony's direction. Uh, uh, devs are not just being bought, sorry. Um, Jason Schreiber uh, for Kotaku, I believe, wrote an article where devs are unhappy with Sony's direction. So oh, okay. I think that might be involved with how they are. Um, uh, and my brain just shut down. I forgot what <laughs> I was going to say. Um, okay. Um, uh- yeah, to be honest, I, I, I didn't know about that. Um, I obviously know about Microsoft buying studios, but I didn't know about just devs sort of upping and leaving Sony. I wasn't, I hadn't heard that news, to be honest. Mm, Martin, were you aware of that? Uh, no, I just, yeah, I can't have, I can't give an informed opinion on that one, unfortunately. Um, that could be another, yeah, Hell Was Here actually mentions a lot of key personals leaving key studios, but maybe that might be a, to- a good topic for another podcast. Because yeah. uh, something that happened was like Bloodborne devs uh, left um, and announced their departure. That was like Sony Japan Studio. They okay. closed that down, so devs are going to other places. Um, not not as re- It's two separate questions. I don't know if it's just related to Sony, um, but more so places around Sony, but... Bloodborne is another game that like that got remastered, not remade, remastered, and it's a PS5 launch game. Um, if Last of Us Two was launched for the PS5, that would have got me to buy a last. Uh, that would have got me to buy a PS5, but it didn't. So I'm taking my sweet time. <laughs> um, that's a different discussion, though. Um, yeah, I want that Hogwarts game. Also a different discussion. You want that what game? The Hogwarts, uh, like it's like a, it's in that whole world, oh, uh, yeah. Basically, an open world game on PS5 where you're your own wizard, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that PS5 exclusive? I thought it was coming to other systems as well. I think it is, but like that's a reason for me to get it. PS5. No, so. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, legacy. Yeah, I think we've uh, discussed everything that we can in terms of those questions, though. Unless oh. you guys had so, closing thoughts on them. Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy is Xbox One, PS4, Xbox Series X, and PlayStation 5. So if you've got an old system, you can still get it. Hey. I just want to look prettier, though. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you do it. I have the base model PS4, so like not even you know the pro version. So I think it might have first been announced during a Sony conference or something. Yeah. That might have been where it came from. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to just about do it for our listener questions. Ooh, nice. And I guess that kind of actually does it for the show as well, basically. That's rounded out quite nicely. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Scotty, uh, did you want to quickly check check someone we could raid while we... Yeah, I'll check on that. You do your thing. Cool. Awesome. Uh, um, well, Martin, do you have any announcements or any, any, any things to say to the, to the folks? Well, folks... Uh, if you haven't followed us yet, like I said before, please do so you can listen to more of the conversations like today's. We also stream every single day with someone different every single day. So, you know, we're like the Fanta girls. We got different flavors. So, you know, you might want to check out all the other flavors of Mega Visions. Uh, we also have a website with news uh, that we also post fairly regularly on megavisionsmag.com. Uh, we also do a magazine, so follow us on Patreon uh, slash, I think it's Megavisions. If not, it's Megavisions Mag. 
Uh, and we also have uh, our old back issues of the magazine on the website that you can also find on the same uh, URL I just gave you. Uh, and then follow us on all our social media channels, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube as, as well. Uh, hell, maybe we'll do a TikTok. Who knows? But <laughs> not yet. When so, you when you get when you get paid by um, Never Realms to dress up as Katana, then you'll start. A hey, then I'll make a TikTok. It'll yes. just be me and and TikTok videos as Katana <laughs> only. I would watch that actually. <laughs> or an OnlyFans. Who knows? Maybe I'll do an OnlyFans. <laughs> nice. Uh, we've got to get the big buck somehow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Got to pay the cool. bills. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I actually don't have any other housekeeping from from my side at all so i guess that kind of rounds it up from for me um scotty how are you doing with the uh, the raiding there uh i found somebody playing shenmue so we're gonna Ooh. go ahead and raid her uh carrie whisper we're gonna yeah. hang out with them for a little bit guys so give them some love uh they're playing the first shenmue it looks like it's christmas time right Ooh, now lovely uh so we'll see what they're doing oh, and yeah streams going on <laughs> everywhere again i'll toss it in there but hop in our discord that's the best place to keep up with everything we're doing um, please also hop on our YouTube where Graham has finished playing Xenocider. I unboxed, uh, nope, I did something with uh, Xeno Crisis. I keep the too many Xenos <laughs> um, compared the collector's editions of that. But otherwise, guys, uh, tomorrow, I forget what's going on. Just keep an eye on us, hop on Twitter, support our Patreon, yeah. all that good stuff there. Cool. Yeah, and there's nothing else. Yep, yeah, do thanks, it. Say thanks, it. everyone, for watching. Thanks for listening. and. Be excellent to each other. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Be safe out there. We're going to go ahead and raid Carrie Risper. So hang out with them, playing some Shenmue. Have a good week. Honey, I got to tell you about this sandwich. We might need to either stop getting so much Mexican or go thicker rolls because we couldn't be going through it that fast. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit just unplug my headset like an idiot I can hear you alright I'm ready Mexican wow huh? yeah, yeah Mexican last night huh you're telling me <laughs> I'm gonna need your audio Scotty cause well, okay. I'm recording that on my side <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant <laughs> uh.